Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz 393. Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have a big show, two hours jam-packed. We're also going to have a special guest here, Lindsey Cash of the X-League Black Storm, the LA Black Storm. Mm-hmm. Kind of give us the details on the 2022 season upcoming for X-League, uh, plus insights on her career as well. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to be talking to um, Terry Lister in the second hour, Mackenzie Brooks, as we dive into the NFL with the Urban Meyer situation. Plus, we're going to dive into NFL Week 4, preview uh, Week 5 uh, with Holly's Corner as well. And we're going to jump into college football in the first uh, couple minutes here as we preview uh, college football week, uh, week 6 coming up here, but recapping Week 5. So who better to recap Week 5 of the college football season then uh, let's go into it right now with holly's corner uh, with our own holly custis welcome back to holly's corner here are some of the most interesting results in college football from the weekend number five iowa 51 maryland 14 iowa forced seven turnovers on their way to a dominating win over maryland they were able to convert these into points in a hurry this is a solid win for iowa going into penn state week number one alabama 42 Number 12, Ole Miss, 21. Well, Ole Miss put up some points late, but it was way too late. Alabama's weaker spot of their defense is their run defense, but they took care of any threat Ole Miss had on the ground game and made their passing game more predictable. Bryce Young looks solid, but it's not too hard to look solid when you're throwing to Alabama's weapons. Don't look down, but Brian Robinson added 171 yards on the ground, which is something I think Alabama has been missing early in the season if you want to nitpick. Number two, Georgia, 37. Number number eight, Arkansas, zero. What a difference a week makes. Arkansas was riding high after their upset win and then ran into Georgia's defense. K.J. Jefferson was held to 65 yards passing. That's it. Then Georgia was able to run the ball for 273 yards to control the game completely. The Georgia D is playing on another level. If the offense can be more consistent, then they might be able to give Alabama a run if they meet in the SEC championship game. Stanford 31, number 3, Oregon 24. This was a wild ending. Oregon had the ball up 7 with 2 minutes left and for some reason had a pass attempt instead of running the ball, which allowed Stanford to keep their last time out. Then in a series of events that will live in Oregon infamy, a combination of five separate calls goes against Oregon. They have Stanford pinned deep and get a questionable targeting call against Kayvon Thibodeau, then pinned again and another questionable 15-yard penalty. Then Stanford has a false start where half the players stopped, but the rest didn't call it, and Stanford ran for first and goal. Then Oregon holds them on fourth and goal, and the game seems to be over. But wait, there's a ghost of a defensive holding call, and Stanford gets an untimed down. They score on that, and we go to overtime. Stanford scores on their first possession. Then Oregon throws a pass over the middle, which is initially ruled a targeting call against Stanford. But then they overturn that call for some reason, which takes away the first down close to the 15. Then Oregon fumbles. In true Pac-12 after-dark fashion in the middle of the day, 
with Pac-12 refs living up to the reputation, Oregon gets bit. They have dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of youth. Some are questioning, however, if Anthony Brown can produce enough downfield for this team to compete or if they need to turn the reins over to the freshman future power, Ty Thompson. Time will tell. Number six, Oklahoma 37, Kansas State 30, 31. Man, oh man, how many weeks can Oklahoma do this? They had the lead late, but Kansas State almost pulled it off. Skylar Thompson was able to throw for 320 yards and three touchdowns. It seems like there's a pattern for Oklahoma to get up but allow your opponent to come back late. Their secondary seems to be a bit suspect late in games. Number seven, Cincinnati 24. Number nine, Notre Dame 13. This must feel great for Cincinnati, who's been pushing as a non-Power 5 team for a long time, but they finally get a solid big spotlight game. Desmond Ritter was smart, and he executed when he needed to. This is a big-time win for this program. Notre Dame finally comes back down to earth a bit. Kentucky 20, number 10, Florida 13. This is a huge, huge, huge win for Kentucky. Who said Kentucky was just a basketball school? This was more of an old-school type of game, and Kentucky did a great job of pushing the game to be played at their preferred pace. They were able to outlast Florida by staying one step ahead of them in the final quarter. Florida now drops to two losses, but is still a very solid team. Arizona State 42, number 20, UCLA 23. Another Pac-12 upset, another year, and another year where the confidence devours itself. I've always been a Jaden Daniels fan, and he made smart decisions in this game. He was 13 for 19 for 286 yards and two touchdowns. UCLA had the yardage to win, but not the points. Not finishing drives was a killer here for the Bruins. Another disappointing day for me. Uh, I thought UCLA was going to do it this season, but it's not happening. So uh, Arizona State did take them down 42 to 23. It looks like, you know, UCLA back to the old ways, as uh, Holly pointed out here. But we do have a you know, power ranking changeover. So the Crimson Tide make another statement this season. Uh, the Bulldogs kicked off the day with another top 10 victory, as she just mentioned here, 37-0, as a route number eight Arkansas in Athens. And it looked like the best team in the country on their way to a 5-0 and record so far. Shutout was the second straight for the Georgia defense, and the unit has allowed only one team to score double digits. So interesting uh, week five as well. So after seeing the Bulldogs in the early window, the Crimson Tide flexed their muscle over Lane Kiffin's old Miss squad. Alabama jumped out to a 28-point lead at halftime, rolled to a 42-21 victory to maintain its top position in the rankings. The lo- uh, losses from uh, last week's, which is Oregon, uh, number 7, Arkansas, number 9, Florida, number 10, Notre Dame, and number 11, Ole Miss, shook up the power rankings this week. Uh, so in the first week of October, two dominant teams at this point. The rankings should... Uh, be full of chaos at this point as week five, we look at it, uh, Alabama 5-0. and It doesn't look like Alabama's defense might, you know, need to be back. Ole Miss ended, Tuscaloosa uh, was arguably the best offense and the best quarterback in college football and came up with the next to nothing. Um, so that was Bulldogs also 5-0. and Tim Bennett at quarterback or J- JT Daniels at quarterback. Georgia just keeps rolling. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to have a problem with this. So 5-0. and that's uh, number two ranked Georgia as well. Uh, Iowa, the Hawkeyes are 5-0 and in a 51-14 victory. The Hawkeyes cruise to their first conference road win of the season, avoiding any threat of an upset from unranked, un- unranked uh, Maryland on Friday night before a nationally televised audience. Maryland played a uh, mistake-laden game, 
Litter with seven turnovers and ten penalties, and the, op- um, the Hawkeyes capitalized on all of it. I- Iowa outscored Maryland 31-0 to in the second quarter and recorded four interceptions in the first half. Iowa continued to lean on its running game, led by Tyler Goodson, who was also valuable as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So uh, 5-0, and number three ranked Iowa at this point. We've got Penn State. 5-0 as well, and the Lions are the first team to start a 5-0 season after starting the previous season 0-5 since Tennessee did it in 89. Penn State shut out Indiana for the first time in its 24-0 win Saturday. There was a little bit of everything for Penn State with three passing touchdowns, an interception, and a blocked field goal. Uh, Dotson added two more receiving touchdowns this, this season and now a touchdown catch in six straight games. Uh, pretty impressive for him. Uh, the Bearcats, we've never talked about probably in, la- in the last two seasons. Cincinnati, 4-0. Uh, Luke Fickle's team highlighted early season road trips to Indiana and Notre Dame. Your defense led the way against the Fighting Irish, forcing three first-half turnovers. Uh, really impressive. The defense brought out enough time for quarterback Desmond Ritter and the downfield passing attack to get going. So Cincinnati ranked five and undefeated as well. Oklahoma, number six, the Sooners get a 37-31 road win against K-State, a team that had beaten them the past two seasons, and Spencer Rattler was ultra-efficient, completing 22 of 25 passes, leading the Sooners to scores on seven of their nine possessions in the game, and one of those ended up in a victory formation. Um, so really awesome. 5-0 and Oklahoma at this point. Michigan Wolverines, who would have thought from last year to this year, the last time the Wolverines were in Madison in 2019, it was for a 35 to 14 blowout by Wisconsin, which in the Badgers had a 359 rushing yards. Uh, this time around, it was Michigan's defense that did the dominating, holding Wisconsin to only 43 rushing yards, 167 passes in, uh, in, in a 38-17 win. Michigan has taken some criticism for relying on the run game so much this, this season, while the passing game was not perfect against the Badgers. Uh, McNara and McCarthy threw for 253 and three touchdowns with three completions going for over 30 yards. So this is a really good win for Michigan, a big test for them. Uh, Oregon, a 4-1. and one. This is the game that Holly was alluding to. A lot of issues here. Uh, Ducks aren't completely out of the playoff contention for losing 31-24 to Stanford in overtime, but that's no longer a scenario worth discussing since it's an impressive win at Ohio State. Oregon over a span of three games has gotten progressively worse. The Ducks were outgained last week against uh, Arizona and came out completely flat against Stanford, falling behind 17-7 at halftime. They showed some heart and played well in the second half, but there were some issues with, like I said, the referee, as uh, uh, Holly had alluded to. It's a 4-1. Um, that is the Oregon Ducks. Ohio State, 4-1, a week's worth of rest. Did uh, C.J. Stroud well. He threw for 330 yards and five touchdowns in a 52-13 victory over Rutgers. Uh, after taking a week off to nurse a shoulder injury, the offense has helped the ground as well with 210 yards rushing and one touchdown in the game. So the Ohio State defense was able to force three interceptions in total and allowed only two touchdowns. Nearly everything went right for Ohio State in this game, and Rutgers never made it very close. So they go to 4-1 and one after an impressive win here. And then top 10, Michigan State, Spartans 5-0. and uh, Michigan State remains unbeaten with a mostly 48-41 win over Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. The major difference, the Spartans had Jaden Reed and YKU did not. So the junior playmaker scored on 88-yard uh, punt return and 46-yard pass. Uh, you throw in uh, Walter the third 126 yards and Naylor's 128 receiving yards. 
and Michigan State just had too many playmakers for um, the West, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. So there's your top ten right there. Uh, we're going to go into the next week's preview as we do with Hollies. Here are the best matchups to look for in college football for the weekend. Stanford at number 22, Arizona State. Stanford is fresh off their upset win against Oregon, and ASU is fresh off their upset against UCLA. This should be a fun matchup for programs trying to push in their individual divisions. Number six, Oklahoma at number 21, Texas. This game will depend on which version of Texas we see. Do we see the team that got walloped against Arkansas or the one that did the walloping against Texas Tech and TCU? Oklahoma has been surviving and advancing all year. This game, this game is probably wild and maybe goes in overtime in my prediction. Number 13, Arkansas at number 17, Ole Miss. This is a we had a shot to be something but failed bowl. Both teams had shots to make noise on the national stage last week but fell flat. Whoever doesn't have an emotional letdown can still take this game and have much to play for for the rest of the season. Number two, Georgia at number 18, Auburn. Auburn will be rocking, but so will Bo Nix as Georgia will get after him. The key will be Georgia's offense. They have showed glimpses. As long as they don't turn the ball over and give Auburn hope, they should run away with this one. Number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. Big Ten showdown. Winner gets a leg up on the conference since Ohio State lost early in the season, which opened the door. Sean Clifford should be a Heisman candidate at this point, but Iowa has great defense that creates turnovers. This should be a classic. Number one, Alabama at Texas A&M. Oh, have the mighty have fallen. Only two weeks ago, the Aggies were a playoff-level team. Now they're 3-2 and two and have to play Bama. Spiller is still a great running back, but in order to have a chance, they need to run the ball and control the clock. Well, there you go. And it's going to be interesting to see Stanford against Arizona State, uh, twenty number 22 ranked against Stanford. Stanford made a, a pretty good statement here against uh, the Ducks. Uh, we have number six, Oklahoma, against t- taking on number 21, Texas. Uh, 13, Arkansas, taking on Ole Miss. Uh, the game everybody's going to be probably watching will be Georgia, number two, against Auburn, number 18. And then the other game that everybody's going to be paying attention to is number four, Penn State, against Iowa, which has played really good ball this, this season. And then, obviously, you can watch uh, Alabama just maybe trounce on Texas A&M, if that's the case. Uh, don't forget, you guys, to subscribe to our podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, go to iHeart, uh, go to uh, Apple, and go to Spotify. Um, you can check it out on our links right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. Don't forget, we've got everything that's happening in the women's game right now, uh, including the week one beginning of La Fai in Mexico. We are anticipating FX Norte and FX Mexico in two weeks from today. We're also going to have Lexva back in Mexico, so really awesome to have the, the whole swing in Mexico for the women's game full-blown in action. We will have it wall-to-wall coverage, thing in Mexico from the best network on the planet, uh, Tercer Cuarto, Yard of 20, Yard of 50. We're going to be having everything that's happening there, so don't miss it. Just go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash beauties. Make sure you share our stuff, uh, like our stuff, and then let everybody know what's happening in women's American football internationally as well as domestically. We're also going to be diving in in the second hours of Terry Lister and McKenzie. We'll dive into the U.K. scene, which is the NWFL, which is going to have another uh, big weekend here coming up on October 9th. We're going to dive in also Queens Football League, as you can go there right now. The DBL2 weekend 
is right there. You can also get the links right there to the action of Vampire's Big Victory over the Wolfpacks. A cost of 200 feet, and it became a route of 48 to 0. Go, so go to the hub right there. And uh, if you guys haven't gone to the hub, the big announcement this week is coming up here. You can tell Dr. Jen Walter is going to be on Twitch TV this Thursday night as my Rams take on the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, check it out on Twitch TV and uh, on Dr. Jen Walker's channel on Twitch TV. She'll be live insights and everything and all the reactions. So go right there to Dr. Uh, Jen Walter's page on IG. You get the link right there to the highlight reel, as well as if you have Twitch, you go right there to Twitch, and she's got the link right there for Twitch. So Thursday night football, uh, full coverage there, insights and uh, live reactions from Dr. Jen Walter. So don't forget to check it out. On IG, follow the link right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. We're going to be talking to the talented and multi-talented uh, Lindsay Cash here in a couple minutes here as she gets ready for the 2022 X-League season with the Los Angeles Black Storm. Um, she is going to be pretty exciting given the uh, last season in COVID. There was no, se- no uh, season for X-League. It was supposed to be the inaugural season for the X-League and it's going to be changed over this next year as they return uh, nationwide stronger and bigger, and it, it's a new look for them. So we'll see what uh, you know, uh, Lindsey Cash has to say about the 2022 season for the X-League. Uh, also, don't forget to dive in to our uh, YouTube channel. If you haven't got a YouTube channel, we got uh, shared videos of amazing women playing American football all the way around, especially right now in the Europe scene. So check it out. Uh, go to our YouTube link right there at YouTube uh, or on our uh, Facebook page at the promo page. Check it out there. You can also follow us on Twitter, uh, Twitter at Great Iron Beauty on Twitter for the latest updates on women's American football and NFL news. Stay up to date weekly on that. So it's really, really cool. And thanks for uh, giving us a bump there. Uh, given our uh, previous handle was basically deplatformed from Twitter, so I really appreciate it. We're almost up to 300 right now on Twitter. So I really appreciate everybody just going over there, sharing and liking our, our handle there as well and bringing attention to women's American football. So don't forget, also sign up on Monkey and I Fight during the 2021 NFL season now. Use the code NJF. You get a five a free $5 play up to $100 match. Uh, and so go to MonkeyandIFight.com and use the code NJF. So check it out Thursday night. Sunday nights and Monday nights, and you can be right there in the mix. So if you put in like a five dollars of the free play up to a hundred dollar match, but five dollar free play, and if you get you know more or less on the props winning, you're gonna get fifteen dollars. You put in thirty, you get ninety. If you put in three hundred, obviously you're gonna make almost nine hundred dollars on that single day. So if you're inclined for props, guess what? You could do it really well. So let's go into the. Uh, the uh, Monkey and I Fight Huddle, and we're going to be talking to the talented Lindsay Cash of the L.A. Black Storm. is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey and Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Lindsay, what's going on? What up, what up? How are you today? What? I'm doing great. What up? What up? What's going on? Uh, I Thank see you so you're, much uh, for having me. No problem. Getting your insights going. Uh, really, we're re- really big fans of your channel, and uh, especially this year since you're doing NFL. And we said, hey, who better to bring her on here to talk a little bit NFL, and then kind of like get the fans going for X League 2022 than uh, the Lindsay Cash? 
Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. You know me. I love to hype up some football, whether it be my own league or the NFL. I've been a, a fan. I was raised by a single father, so football's kind of been in my life since I was a young buck. And uh, I said it's a cool thing because it brings people together. So it's fun to share it and just fun to talk about it and just to be able to uh, put that platform out there. So I appreciate you guys supporting and listening. And, uh, yeah, whatever you want to know, I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> All right, open sponge. That's what we love, of course. Um, so, Lindsay, can you tell us about um, last year? Everybody was excited. We were all excited because we follow X League and we followed the LFL before that and Legends before that. But just obviously, COVID didn't make it happen. So, uh, what is how has the off season been for the Black Storm in terms of recruiting and getting that roster depth that sometimes is a factor during the season? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, my heart was lightweight breaking as you were saying that right there because it just reminded me of everything we've kind of been going through. But what's cool about my team and a lot of the other teams and players is we're pretty resilient. Um, you know, this was the second time that I had to be put on pause due to everything that was going on. So we had kind of stayed in motion. So when, you know, 2020 happened, we were like, you know, ready to go training. We were about to open the season two, I think, that year. And then we got put on pause, but we all just kind of chose to, like, keep the ball rolling because it wasn't, like, that much time until, like, the next season where we would just jump right back into training and recruiting and all that. So we kind of had some good momentum. And then when the second time around came where we had to put it on pause again, that one definitely hurt. But we chose, like, prior to that, like, we were doing Zoom, like, twice a week. We had an offense day, defense day. The year before that, we were doing it almost, like, four times a week. It was crazy. But it was really cool because the pandemic kind of, like, shifted that, and it showed us a different way to have film with each other more often without having to be with each other all the time. And um, on my teammates, I'm sure you know I have, like, the football sisters, Mercer and Raya. They live in my neighborhood. So we usually link up a lot. Um, the last couple months, we've all been kind of, like, Mariah's doing flag. You know, I've been doing wrestling. Marissa just had her baby. So we're kind of at the point where, like, we all coach football right now, and we're starting to get back to it. Um, a couple of my other teammates, like Pook, she's been playing 11s, Jasmine, Delaney Hall, a few of others have been playing 11s. So we've kind of been doing our own thing right now and just staying in touch via, like, the group chat. We've got the Facebook chat with the coaches, and we've just been meeting, like, once a month. And we started that back up about July, the once a month. And um, we're looking to recruit right now. So if there's anyone who's listening and they want to come join the squad, you live in L.A., feel free to DM us or hit us up, come practice, work out, check it out, feel the vibes. Um, but, yeah, so we're just kind of, like, starting to really get back into it. Like I said, the, we're just going to pick up, you know, what is it, November already? Yeah, November we're going to have two practices. I think December we'll have three. And then January is when we're going to kind of have tryouts, and then everything really goes from there. I think the interesting part, uh, Lindsay, is, uh, this flag movement nationwide is, I think, really going to help out the X League a lot because of the format that you guys play. It's tackle slash flag excitement, but the fact that you guys kind of similar play A98, it just makes everything a little bit more intense. And I really think, you know, Mariah playing flag forever, and a lot of other players have played flag forever, but now they're, it's like it's more catching on nationwide, and I think that's going to be a benefit, especially for the uh, format that X-League plays with the, uh, you know, 8-on-8 eight and 7-on-7. Eight and seven seven. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's funny. I don't – I mean, I know you've been following and, like, supporting the journey for a while. In 20 well, – I think the end of 2018, 
we put our first flag league together, like us and the other teammates. It was like Mo Gax, Sherry Awaga, Nas Johnson came out, Delaney came out, um, Marissa and Ryan Lopez, me, uh, Nina, a few of them. So we had, we had like a pretty solid squad. Uh, Kenny was there. And uh, we balled out. We were the Pirates, so we kind of, like, emulated the same thing or the temptations that we used to be. And then a lot of us just kind of, like, fell in love with it. And because we're all from, like, different areas and not really, like, around L.A., that gave us the opportunity to, like, meet other people playing flag. And then it's kind of taken off from there. And then just how you mentioned, like, it's really exploded, you know, and it's given an outdoor opportunity for people, you know, over 18 to be able to do something during these times in certain areas where maybe we couldn't do it indoors. And I think it's definitely elevated the game. It's allowed quarterbacks to get like more practice. And then you have that pass rush with flags. So Mm -hmm. that really makes the quarterbacks learn how to throw on the, you know, throw on the run as well as, you know, do their own Lamar Jackson shake and bake if they need to. And um, yeah, it's cool. I'm exciting. I do hope people translate over. Sometimes I get kind of worried because I'm, you know, what we do is pretty tough but it is teachable and it is fun. But sometimes I worry that people just want to like stick with flag. So I definitely, whenever we're all out there, like any of us, we're always trying to like recruit them. Like, Hey, you know, come check out the squad tackles just as fun, you know? Um, so we'll see, we'll see, you know, who we can get to come over from all these cool flag teams, but it's been really cool to see. And you know, I've done a few tournaments and I can't wait to get back out there a little more consistently because it really does help fine tune your skills you lean out, you build a lot of, like, fast twitch muscles, which help you with speed and your routes. And then, you know, when you're on defense, you're always learning to, like, track a person or a ball. So it's pretty cool skills there. I heard the Patriots actually use, like, flags sometimes during their off season. Which yeah, it's a, it's a fundamentally sound, uh, I guess, if you want to introduce somebody to the sport without them understanding the sport, you know, instead of ground zero, bringing them onto the squad and everything else, if they play flag they're more inclined to, you know, transition over to a tackle format, uh, whether it be a full kit format or whether it be in your style, which is arena style. So it's, it's really interesting to see how the evolution at the high school level uh, and even now with the scholarship with the NIA, it's going to, you know, bring attention to a, a lot of the leagues, the outdoor leagues, including you guys, um, you know, in terms of the uh, indoor format. But I, yes, I, I think exactly. it's going to blow up in that sense, in that sense because the, the, the interest there for females and women and girls is already at an all time high. I mean, it's like, we're not going mm-hmm. back. You know what I mean? Nobody's putting, yeah. the girls are here to stay in other <laughs> words, and they're, and they're willing to, to do whatever it's got to take to, to showcase what they're, what they're made. Um, the 200, the 200,000, uh, uh, um, you know, purse that was done by the, uh, the American football, uh, American flag oh, football yeah, league. The ASFL, that right? was, yeah. That was just incredible. I mean, just the, the, the fact you that you got that? paid, equality on that on this side now yeah. everybody everybody was blown away we got a lot of like messages on our facebook page because when we spread it out and we we, we showed up the the video game and everything nobody could believe that and then when we you know when you mention okay that winning team got 200k to split into the into the team hey nobody's ever gotten paid for women's tackle football or even women's flag so that was exactly. that was really awesome Jaw dropping, yeah. Um, actually, had two great teams that I'm fans of. They're all great teams, but uh, She Blitz and Lights Out. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. sure you follow them. I think they had that playoff game to get one to the championship. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy to watch all that. But I think the AFL did that really uh, well as far as their presentation and the camera work and all that, which helps elevate the quality and you know generate more respect and it gets more viewers too. You know, if you enjoy watching it. 
if it looks good, it keeps you watching longer. And uh, I hope there's more tournaments like that, and I hope there's more opportunities for big bags like that because, you know, we love to chase a bag. <laughs> Seriously, I know. And, uh, and then, you know, and who doesn't want to get paid, right? That's just ridiculous. Exactly. Who doesn't want to get paid? Yeah. People would do want to get paid. So, um, so Lindsay, the transformation, uh, so if we have right now, we're talking to you, but most people understand, you know, who Mo, Mo uh, Gaxiola is. Obviously, she's, you know, moved on. Uh, really uh, awesome career right now with the uh, with firefighter yeah. and stuff like that. And her story is uh, just amazing in terms of a legend. She's in, a great person uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But overall, you guys transform over from Temptation Nation to Black Storm. Uh, opportunity for the fans here in LA to kind of just get introduced to uh, you know the X League, which most most fans, if you are if you had followed LFL and Legends. Most fans now are pretty much no different. You know, they're loyal. Either they're going to be loyal, they're not going to be loyal. You know what I mean? Just a matter yeah. of facts. But it's just a matter of introducing everybody else to the brand, the new branding and the excitement that's going to happen. A new team in Arizona instead of Omaha. A couple markets that are going to be different. So uh, the West Coast uh, clashes are looking forward to L.A. maybe uh, up against Arizona, which is going to be unique in terms of what they're going to be about. But in, in terms of your home uh, arena – it is in the outskirts of L.A. It's a small area, but it isn't small in terms of fanfare from what I've seen. I've gone out there with my cousin and, um, you know, with the L.A. Kings oh, cool. um, farm yeah. system and stuff like that. Um, so there is some fanfare in that little community down there where the arena is set up, right? Yeah, no, most definitely. So I believe that's San Bernardino County over there in Ontario. Mm-hmm. You're not too far from Fontana. Um, it is a mm-hmm. strike, but it's definitely worth it. And it's cool to play in an arena because, you know, the NBA G League team for the Clippers, I believe they're the Agua Caliente, uh, they play there, yeah. as well as you just said it, the LA Kings, um, you know, uh, team. And then, you know, they have a great soccer team there, and then there's a ton of, like, really popular concerts. So I think the fact that that arena is marketed really well in itself definitely helps. So shout out to Toyota Arena. Um, but, yeah, we really appreciate, like, a lot of our fans, and that's what's been cool because, I mean, you've been a fan of us, and you kind of know what we're about, and, a few of us that are still here got to play with a lot of the legends of the LFL, you know? And so we're kind of mm-hmm. like taking what they built and we're trying to keep it going and then elevate that. And so we really appreciate everyone who's kind of rode with us on the journey. Um, we take our time and we literally will be there after games and like, we'll stay till everybody like who wants to talk to us or say anything like till we talk to them. Cause we appreciate the fans. And a lot of times they're the ones that get us going and like, we like showing off for them, so it makes us, like, work really hard, and then it also makes us, like, play really good, too, you know, because it's just the overall atmosphere. And what's cool is we went to an Austin game, and it almost felt like an L.A. game, too, because uh, there were a few teammates who live out there as well as just, like, a ton of fans who happened to be out there during that time. So I'm excited for them to stay on this journey with us. <laughs> we were the Temptation Nation, so we were trying to, like, find a new catchphrase for them, like, we're like, all right, do we do, like, Black Storm Nation? Or I was thinking, like, do we do Storm Trackers or Storm Chasers? So, uh, I don't know. Send us a DM if anybody has any suggestions out there. But we appreciate our fans rocking with us, and we can't wait to see them next season. And, um, yeah, just the support. Because if it weren't for the people coming to the arena, we wouldn't have an arena to play in. So, all right, I'm going to give you one. Hashtag Black Hole. The black hole. Okay, there you go. Oh, I like that. Let's go to the black hole. That, that, okay. that one's about as scary, and you don't want to come to <laughs> Ontario. You know what I mean? Hashtag the black hole. That's true. So, That's true. We should start marketing that. Okay. Right I'm so, going to get um, some branding going around that. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, but no, it's it's you know cool coloring. Uh, you guys have that you know that dark uh, the dark purple with the with the black yeah. going on it. So it's really nice and it's edgy in a lot of ways. Uh, the coloring's pretty nice yeah. and the, the logo's pretty cool too. Um, it's you know it's a swirl. I think tornado, right? Something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're kind of like a tornado storm, yeah. essentially. It's funny because the Seattle Thunder, they have, you know, they got the lightning, and so it's kind of similar to them. So we'll have to battle that out for who's the better storm of the two, you know? Sure, of course. Um, Lindsay, current roster, uh, is it not set yet? Or is that, you know, in terms of a core roster, I mean, do you have like a core 12 already and we're just looking for a, a 25? Because I know in the past, 25 is pretty much kind of like the gauge, if not 30, because 30 gives you a little bit more depth in case somebody gets injured and things like that. So you're able to carry, I think uh, in the past, you were only able to carry, what, 15 on game day, 16 on game day, and then everybody else was reserved? Yeah, so in the past, it was 14 active. If it was an away game, it was 14 active Mm -hmm. um, with an option to bring another six, but the home team got to bring 20. So they started to change that a little bit because it didn't really make it too fair. But Coach yep. Roy was saying that he would like to hold um, 30. Uh, there's 20 on the active roster per the league. So the X League only allows 20 active roster members. But Coach wants to hold another 10 for the depth chart because, yeah, you know, life happens, things happen, injuries happen. So yep. he's looking to do that. And then um, I will say, you know, like I said, we've been rocking it out for like two years, you know, just kind of in limbo because of everything going on. Um, me, the football sisters, Mr. Maya, uh, we had Delaney Hall, Nina, who was there, um, Kenny, Samaya Jones, and Jasmine. They were all kind of part of the LFL. So I would say we're like the core veterans. Oh, there's Shay, Scott Hill. We're like the core veterans there. And then I'd say we have like another solid like seven rookies on top of that that are always like around at least lately consistently but we do have a full 20 like right now it's just kind of a matter of where is everybody going to be in the next three months did someone take a new job because we did have a a teammate of ours going through a fire academy too and then um yeah just a few other different things so we'll see where this journey has kind of taken them in two years and hopefully they'll be able to kind of come back but as far as right now i'd say we have like a pretty good solid 14 to 20 and then we're looking to build on top of that. Awesome. Um, is it going to change with insurance or is it self-insurance as well, like as it has been in the past? I don't think that's changed, right, to my understanding as of, as of right yeah, now, right? I'm not sure. Just, yeah, I'm not I sure right now. I think carrying their own, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the only thing is, like, because of the way it was last two years, we didn't get to get too, too deep because they usually handle all that stuff, like, right before the game. Because, the, sure. the, you know, the insurance is active from, like, you know, game one to the last game. So we didn't really get to get into those details too much. But I do know that Mitch bringing on Mike Ditka as a chairman and a few other things, I do know, you know, there's going to be some changes. I don't know what it is. So we'll probably have mm-hmm. to have another combo in, like, a few months. I could fill you in a little more. So I'm not too positive right now. Yeah, no, the only reason I'm saying it is because it's mostly the same at, on, on, the outdoor, on the outdoor tackles the same thing everybody has to cover their own insurance there's no like blanket insurance league-wide yeah everybody's usually covering themselves uh you know with either supplemental insurance or some sort of you know work insurance and things like that um Lindsay, yeah, that's pretty much uh, how we <laughs> a lot of followers not just for the for the uh x-league mentality but a lot of followers for the wrestling side man girl you're just 
killing it on the other side. Thank you. Thank you. I love wrestling so much. So it's been fun because part of my reason of moving, I'm from like the Bay Area. So part of my reason of moving down to L.A. was to play football and also to pursue wrestling. So it's been super exciting that I've been able to do that. When I first moved out here, um, first year I just did the football, and then I finally found the dojo that I've been looking for. And I'm so blessed for Santino Brothers because they've taken me in and they've coached me up, and I owe all of my training to them as far as, you know, just learning the skill set, performing and all that. But wrestling's super fun. It allows me to be able to kind of do the acting that I love, the entertaining that I love. I'm a dancer, so I get to do choreography and fun moves. And I'm a gymnast, so I love flipping and flipping other people. You know, being an athlete, I love hitting people. So I really get to combine, like, every part of, like, who I feel like I am in that ring, in that character. And it's, it's a cool feeling. And wrestling, you know, if you're a wrestling fan or a wrestler, like, we're kind of our own little community, you know. So it's cool to know there's other, like, different people out there who are into that kind of thing. Oh, no. I'm, we're expecting WWE sometime. Hopefully that, that'll that be a crack. That'll be awesome to see you right there in Southern Cal. But uh, baby steps, as they say, in, especially in the regional sense, uh, with, the, you know, the wrestling oh. scene, it's it's so regionalized sometimes that, you know, trying to get to the big stage takes a while for somebody to kind of like, you know, give you that leap of faith, as they say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, social media can kind of help, right, because they can see you. But, yeah, most of the time, yeah, people put a little their dues in on the indie circuit and then kind of get an opportunity. I, mm-hmm. I heard WWE is trying to, like, switch up, like, their recruiting, you know, and so I know they're not, like, they're, you know, I, I heard they weren't, like, looking for someone who's, like, been on the indie circuit for, like, years. So it might work out in my benefit right now that, like, a pandemic happened and kind of, like, delayed me from being able to debut and stuff. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm always chasing. WWE would be amazing. I know AEW is out there now. And as an athlete, especially a female athlete, like just an opportunity to be paid to do something you love and just to be able to inspire others and give back, like that would be A1. So wherever I can do that and still wrestle, like I'm down for that. <laughs> Girl, if you get you get paid. Girl, like, you know, that's lunch for the whole squad out. <laughs> oh, most definitely. No, most no definitely. big deal, but. <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, so you have a lot of fans on both sides, you know, just uh, the fanfare on, on the football side, but uh, a lot of the fanfare on the wrestling side. So, you know, we tr- we cover, but we're big fans on both sides. I mean, we've been covering and, you know, paying attention to like WWE, you know, for since the 80s, right? Or even before it was WWE. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you're a, tr- a pure wrestling fan, you can pretty much appreciate, you know, uh, the Ric Flair theme mentality, as I tell everybody, there's it's, it's uh, very rare, right, when somebody has yes. a great, uh, great presentation, right, and a great uh, show in terms of a preview. Uh, I mean, I think The Rock probably did it best, you know, to try to oh, keep yep. you engaged. But uh, it, you know, being on the mic, Lindsay, that that takes a little knack and practice because uh, if you're not if you're not too good at it, it comes across as a fool, right? It's like, no, you can't do that. But if you're good at it, yeah. it comes out real genuine, and people just draw into it like it's like hot smoke, and they're like, okay, it's cleared. Oh, oh my, this she's badass. You know what I mean? That, they <laughs> kind of like changes everything. I'm over here smiling because I can already picture it. I love cutting promos. Um, I haven't posted, like, a lot of my wrestling. I got hit by a car um, in July 2020 when I was riding my bike for exercise. So I've kind of mm-hmm. just been on the low, like, reworking. So I have a ton of, like, some, like, wrestling 
shows I've done recently and then promos. So I'll have to send mm-hmm. those over so you can check them out. But, yeah, you're right. Like, if you're smooth on the mic, I definitely think that separates you from a lot of other people. And that's what, you know, helps build the show and entertain the audience. And there's not a ton of women that people can just kind of, like, name off or even in the indie circuit that are, like, super smooth on the mic all the time. And I'm from the Bay, so we stay gassing on people. So I just can't mm-hmm. wait till I can go in there and just kind of like freestyle and cut promos because it's just an opportunity to have fun with it. And yeah, you're right. People like Ric Flair, The Rock, like I love Stone Cold too. Like, you know, even him, like just kind of getting out there. So I can't wait to test it out and I'll have to send you some of my promos that I've already done. No, I've seen you already. That's why I'm bringing it up because, oh, okay. uh, you know, you, right. you have, <laughs> you have you. that charisma, it, 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 especially in the wrestling game. If you're not that slick on the mic, and if, like you said, if your promos don't come out very genuine, uh, people don't buy into it. You know what I mean? It's got to be a like mm-hmm. a really cool, like promo, and it's it, it takes it takes a it's like a niche, right? It's like Ric Flair. Yeah. I mean, it's like probably the best one that's ever done it. And it's like he could either you either praise the guy or you're like totally pissed off at the <laughs> at, <laughs> at the promo to the point where you're cussing his name. You know what I mean? So that's uh, True, probably yeah. an honor in that sense, right? When somebody's probably cursing your name more than so, especially if you're going for a heel mentality. <laughs> People have a tendency yeah. to dive into it really bad, especially if you're <laughs> if you're doing a heel mode. No, most definitely, I agree, and I'm I'm all for it, and I can't wait to see where you know where it goes. <laughs> all right, let's uh, Lindsay, let's sh- sh- uh, switch gears here. NFL, really entertaining. You're doing these. Uh, on your actual IG, and you're kind of breaking it down, previewing some of the matchups that are coming up. Uh, let's go this weekend. Chargers, man, against uh, Raiders. Where were the Raiders, Lindsay? Just, oh, my God. I was, I was playing my fantasy on, uh, on DraftKings, and I was just have? dreading it, dreading it. I mean, where's the Jacobs? Where's the Waller passes? I mean, oh, oh my God. I, was, I got punk. Yes. I got punk with Renfro. I'm like, who the – what? Oh man, I was I was just so oh, yeah. so mad. Yeah, no, that uh Chargers defense definitely did a number on our O line. Gave Derek Carr no time whatsoever to throw. I was actually at the game last night, so that was pretty epic. It was my first time in SoFi Stadium, and I got there before kickoff. Raiders come on the field, everyone's jacked, and then they're like, "Glad game, go back." So, who knows? Maybe if the game started on time, it would have been the Raiders <laughs> win, but. Uh, yeah, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, they all did really well. I, you know, Austin Eckler got a lot of really good runs in there. Um, Keenan Allen clutch catches. And then Justin Herbert, I mean, obviously since he's taken the field when Tyrod Taylor got hurt, he's just been nonstop since then. So I'm a fan of football overall, so it's hard to, like, be mad at watching good football. But, yeah, you know, when it's your Raiders, it's a divisional game. That makes it more painful. I was checking the standings and – Somehow the Broncos are ahead of us, even though we all got the same, you know, record right now. So, um, yeah, I don't even know what happened last night. Like you saw, we showed up in the third quarter. We got some good momentum going and then yeah. just kind of lost it again. Um, what do you think of my Rams just getting completely just slapped by Arizona? I mean, Murray and company, man, they came out. They just set the tone. Uh, I mean, I don't know what happened to our defense there, but uh, I think their run game was just so good that we just couldn't stop it. And, and you throw in AJ green and, and Hopkins. Oh yeah. Uh, I think Arizona's for real. Uh, I mean, if they, the next two weeks will tell whether they're for real or not, but I think they're, they've arrived. DeAndre Hopkins 
he's a beast in itself, and he's always going to deliver. Kyler Murray's very elusive, so you know having Sam, you know Sam Darnold, right? Aaron Donald on your guys, uh, you know, rushing him, he's still going to be able to kind of get away from some of that. But yeah, I didn't watch that game too too much because I was watching the Chiefs Chargers game because I wanted the Chiefs to lose, and they did, but not at the expense of us losing to the Chargers today. Um, but, yeah, I picked the Rams in that game. I honestly didn't think the Cardinals were going to keep it going at 4-0. and But a lot of people are saying, I guess they're the real deal. You know, Patrick Mahomes kind of, like, outshined Kyler Murray last year. So I bet you Kyler's just kind of, like, sick of everybody talking about him. And he's just like, look what I can do. And he's got all those offensive weapons like you just mentioned. So we'll have to look out for them. Who do they play next week? Look it up. Well, they're, going, they're playing a divisional. Uh, I, I believe they're going up against Seattle, if I'm correct. They have to play in the divisional mm-hmm. game, if I'm correct. Um, is it San Francisco? No, Arizona, San Francisco. I'm sorry. They're playing San, Fran- San Francisco. Oh. So yeah, that'll that's depend. Be... San Francisco had a ton of injuries. Oh, yeah. They are just – I don't know what's going on there. Um, the Jimmy G era is over, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's done. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, just like – what are you going to do now? I mean, you're going to throw in the rookie in very there? Very short-lived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, backfield – no longer available to you because of injuries. Uh, you got some key yeah. people on defense. I mean, they they can only go south, and I don't I don't want to say that in a bad way, but technically it's that's where they're at. You know what I mean? They're uh, compared to Arizona, compared to Seattle, and even the Rams. Uh, the Rams have an opportunity this this Thursday uh, against Seattle. If they fall to Seattle, this is uh, going to be interesting because they were such on a, a great high with Stafford. And, um, you know, Wilson and company, they, they always play them tough, especially at home. So oh, yeah. uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup this, this weekend against that. Um, what did you think of Tom Brady's return to New England? Oh, I was excited. You know, the media well overhyped that, so we were all watching it. Um, it was a close game. I mean, for it to come down to that field goal and the rain, and I was already thinking in the beginning, I was like, man, it's probably been a while since Brady and all those people have played in some conditions like that. So, I knew it was going to be a little more of an adjustment for him and his guys to kind of go through. And it was kind of weird because Bill Belichick, you know what I mean? Like he has one look, one body language, one aura that he emits. So it's kind of hard to read him. And um, I kind of did want Brady to win. I picked the Bucks because I assumed they were going to slaughter them. And it turned out to be a way better game. And I will say, you know, it was nice to see Mac Jones have the momentum and to really be able to shine, especially like on a stage like that. So Overall, it was cool because the Patriots were kind of like losing their steam. So I think that gave them and their fan base, even though they lost by a field goal, you know, if it didn't come down to that, they probably could have pulled off the win. So it was cool to see. But, you know, talking about wrestling, I feel like Brady was a face when he was on the Patriots. And now that he's come (laughs) to the Buccaneers, he's a total heel. And I love heel Brady. So I'm all for it. You know, I'm I'm a Raiders fan, so we'll forgive him for the tough – yeah, exactly, right? He's totally heel Brady on a – I've forgiven him for the tuck rule and all the BS that the Patriots did to us when we lost to the play, you know, back when, when I was too young to know. <laughs> you got to let it go, Lindsay. You got to let it go. It's like Al Davis is gone. You got to let it go. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> My neighbor's game. a diehard Raider fan, and he's like, F you. <laughs> oh, <healthy>. no. <laughs> well, at least you're a Rams fan, not a Chargers fan. So you're not. He's a, he's a passionate it. guy. I mean, he's been following the Raiders since the 60s. So, he, you know, he's oh, seen so when plenty they were originally of disappointing like LA seasons. Raiders. Yeah, he's seen a, plenty okay. of disappointing seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, later seasons at this point. But, no, he, we're, we're, you know, we have some fun. He's just, he just, we're just in good fun. But uh, um, what do you think of this uh, Dallas team? 
you think this is going to be it? They're going to revise here, you know, on the run game with Ezekiel in it. It seems to me like Cooper and Gallup and the receivers are not very consistently reliable this, this the last two weeks. So that's an issue. And come and talking from a fantasy standpoint, which I had Cooper, I I was cursing already. I was like, dang it. Yeah, Cooper, I feel like he was a lot more consistent before Dak got hurt last season. Yeah. Um, this season, I, all right, so, like, I used to be indifferent about the Cowboys, right? Like, they were just kind of there. Like, everybody loved to hate them. So, I was like, all right, sure, like, screw the Cowboys. But, you know, they are a good team. I did watch Hard Knocks, uh, like, two, three weeks ago, and they did it on the Cowboys. So, I kind of, like, learned to like them because I, you know, saw a little more behind the scenes. You get to know some personalities, and so now to see it coming across um it's hard to say because i feel like every year people do this right every year people are like the beginning of the season oh it's cowboys it's the cowboys year right this is year and then come like week eight or nine it just like makes a left turn <laughs> so that i will say i do thanks i think the giants are probably going to win it i mean jones oh, is yeah, kind of they got an easy division is healthy i think the giants will take it if they say if, they, uh, if it, it looks like they might take it but just it, it's just a crapshoot division. It's like a, who wants the division? It's literally how it boils down to. And and them being proud of winning at like nine and seven last year, or the, you know, I mean, I'm like, okay, oh, I wouldn't yeah. be that proud. But anyways, <laughs> it's a division title <laughs> okay, win. I guess I like everybody feels that way about them. But you're right. I mean, they got the football team, the Eagles, and the Giants. Like that's not a very difficult division. So who no. knows? Maybe Washington will pull out an upset again, like they did last season. I like Washington's quarterback. I think he's a really good quarterback. Um, I, 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 I kind of like him. I think he's a pretty good it's playmaker. Um, what do you think of Sandrano and Carolina? Go, gets out of the Jets. Jets, are just, Jets are just a mess, and they're a mess organization no matter what in the last couple, you know, 10 years. Almost, they're almost like the sister of the Browns before the Browns started winning here the last two years. But um, Carolina, you know, he, Sam Darnold goes to Carolina and totally different person, but I really think it's it's just the the people around him. He's got more weapons. He's got DJ Moore. He's got, you know, a lot of a lot more. If McCaffrey hadn't gone down, I think it's a totally different season for him too. It's it's a positive season, but with Christian oh, McCaffrey definitely. going down, that was just a big blow. I feel like he's he, Donald's kind of in the same situation as Stafford, right? Coming from the Lions to the Rams, and now look mm-hmm. at him, right? And it's kind of something we've always like known about these guys before, right? Like, dang, if they just had like a different team around them, they could really show. And sometimes. Quarterbacks don't have an opportunity for, like, a second chance, kind of like Sam Darnold and Matthew Stafford have right now, to really, like, make something of their career because they got a little more weapons. Um, tough to say about Darnold, yeah, because he doesn't have McCaffrey. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where they go. I am a little more excited for Matt Stafford on your Rams. Um, so that's, that's how I feel about that one there. Let's Sam Darnold and the Jets. This guy right here was elated. I got that little oh, really? alert from ESPN. <laughs> Matthew Stafford to the Rams, and I'm like, my wife's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, this is good. This is good. I said, this guy, this boy's got an arm. Like, he can yeah, swing he it. Yeah, he just had no one. Yeah, yeah, Goff was just so timid. Uh, you know, Goff was so timid, so yeah. confined. And short passes was just a problem. And it's like, if you didn't have a run game behind him, it's a big problem. And so, I mean, I, I, don't, I like the guy. I like Goff, you know, all that, but. It it just wasn't uh, with this offense. The amount of money we paid in for this offense, Woods, Cup, everybody in this offense. I mean, you got to deliver. You know what I mean? And in Los Angeles, if you don't go big, 
you're just you're you're not going to be very supported. LA is a winning, yeah. you know, you got the Dodgers winning, the Lakers, winning, you know, it's a winning city. It's like if you're if you're I'm a disappointment, man, people don't show up for you. It's like that clear, yeah. you know. If you're winning, they're inclined to pay for it, you know, and show up. But if you don't yeah, like, show don't up, be the man, seriously, <laughs> no, don't be the Jets. No, it's bad. I mean, the I Chargers like the Rams... themselves. I mean, what an improvement this year. I mean, this year from last year, the Chargers. And Herbert's awesome. You know, if you take a look at mm-hmm. some of the weapons he's got, he's a pretty pretty awesome quarterback. No, Herbert has definitely, from the day one, stepped up. And now they've got some good weapons around him. I know they have a new head coach this year, so I'm just kind of interested to see, like, where they take that. But I feel like the Rams are going to become L.A.'s team. Because when I was at that game last night, I swear, us Raiders fans outnumbered Chargers fans insanely. Like, it was it was so loud in there for the Raiders and the boos for the Chargers were just outnumbered their cheers. And uh, I'm going to the Rams Titans game. So I'm going to kind of compare the crowds, but yeah, you're right. Like when you're in LA, you got to go big, you got to perform. They got a brand new facility. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to show up if nobody's not doing well. So it's exciting that both teams are really doing well, but I'm really excited for your Rams. You know, Sean McVay, I, I like him I, as a coach. I'm stoked. I, I really think that they're going to make something out of it. Hopefully they don't. Yeah. Know, hitting themselves here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, Arizona does look like it's, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the West. And uh, so they got a, a division win. In other words, division battles mean a lot. You know I mean? The just, just, just a loss to a division opponent is a huge blow. So you got to be on top of it. Um, <laughs> let's, talk about, about <laughs> let's talk about uh, your Raiders against Mr. Fields. Um, uh, he's somewhat improved, oh, but Fields, it's the Detroit Lions. So it wasn't like something we can gauge on yet. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be Raiders against the, the Bears. So kind of a big test, I, I guess, for Chicago. And then a, a must win for the Raiders, you think, at this point, since that loss? You know, I think it's not like a must win. But I think given our record, to get back on it, the horse, with a win, is definitely going to, like, make us feel good and keep the momentum going. Um, are we playing at oh yeah, we're playing at home. We've been undefeated at home so far in the Death Star this mm-hmm. season. So it'd be cool to keep that record going. Um, I know the Bears, I follow Adam Schefter because I'd be getting all the updates from him. And I think the Bears running back just has like an ACL injury. So that yeah, might work out in our favor. Yeah. So that might work out in our favor and you know, I'm always gonna rock with the Raiders. I wouldn't be surprised if John Gruden doesn't try to get Khalil Mack, you know, back while they're talking and in the same town together. <laughs> um, I know he's definitely like really aggressive, so it's gonna put a lot of pressure on us. I'm gonna still pick the Raiders regardless. Um, Justin Fields, yeah, he's young and hungry. Uh, but I feel like Carr and our as long as our O line, our O line's gotta give Carr time. You know what I mean? Or they gotta give a gap so Jacobs can really, do something. That's been like. That's the same yeah. thing for you guys year in, year out. It's always been the yep. line. You know what I mean? It's, it's been an issue here and there, either with injuries or just they get overpowered, you know, and it's just, yeah. a, just a fact, you know. Sometimes the other team is just way better, you know, just the way it no, works totally, out sometimes. Totally. Yeah, I think it'll I be think a tough really battle. Tough shot here. Chicago is, uh, like you said, it's um, somewhat, you know, new quarterback, new scheme. They're still kind of finding their way. Um, so I, I, I'm assuming this would be a Raider win. Uh, if you you know if you I have to jot so. it down, um, what do you think I, of Buffalo? I feel like the Bears' defense is a little more sound. Go ahead, Buffalo. What do you think of Buffalo, Kansas City on Sunday night? Uh, this is uh, I think crucial, for, more so crucial for Kansas City than it is for Buffalo. 
I think it's just the Kansas City really needs to get this win. Uh, Buffalo, you yeah. know, has shown that they can get this. Uh, Josh Allen, I mean, just very impressive. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mahomes and company, they got a rebound here. They got to get this. this they got to get it right. Um, you know, they, they played tough against Philly, but they got they got to start beating these uh, out of division teams as well. Oh, I think I saw. Is are they? You think they're going to activate? Isn't Josh Gordon with the Chiefs right now? I think they yeah. might activate him. Yeah, I know they were talking about they just moved him up to like a 53-man roster, so they might activate him. It might be cool to see him out there. I don't know if he'll play, play. But, yeah, Josh Allen, Kubisky, he's got Stephon Diggs. They got some good people, so as long as they stay healthy. Um, let's see, Bills, Chiefs, Chiefs got to win. I don't want the Chiefs to win, obviously, because they're in my division. But I don't foresee, like, they're Andy Reid and Mahomes and, like, Kyrie Kill and – Kelsey and all them, they're not the type to stay down for long. And just be a football yeah. analyst. That's what I tell people. Yeah, I, I know, my right? Yeah, no, I would probably think the Chiefs. My team. <laughs> right? Pretty much, yeah. So I would rock with the Chiefs on this one. I do love the Bills Mafia, you know what I mean? I love a good suplex and elbow drop into a table during a tailgate. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, that's uh, – that's, sorry, Stefan. I'm going to have to go against you and Alan. And, yeah, I would pick the Chiefs on this one because, yeah, they're not going to stay yeah, down. They're solid. Good. I think uh, Kelsey had an off week. They didn't really play for him, but they did have double teaming on him, so that that was crucial. Um, that really killed me on my fantasy, by the way, too. I'm kind of bitter about that. But anyways, that's the way <laughs> Did it, you see that little fake trick play they try to pull? Yeah. Where, yeah. like, Kelsey acts all confused and stuff. Yeah. I'm a fan of uh, Tyron Matthew, I think, was he the honey badger? No, yeah. Was, I forget what – was that – he's the honey badger, right? I'm yeah, the honey badger. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. As a corner and safety myself, he's pretty beast on defense. And so that's the cool thing about the Chiefs is, like, they're stacked on offense and defense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's going to be impressive. Um, the other game that we should talk about is uh, Chargers taking on Cleveland against Mayfield and company. Cleveland's playing pretty good ball so far the last two weeks. So this is going to be a great game to watch to see between Herbert and Mayfield uh, and the run game, Chubbs, Hunt, you know, Eckler, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, because Chargers, uh, I mean, Eckler, yeah, that's true, Eckler and Chubb. I was going to say, I feel like the Chargers, like, might end up passing more and, like, the Browns might do more runs. But, you know, Baker, he's young. He's finally finding his rhythm. He's confident. You know what I mean? I don't think he cares about people's opinions anymore, Odell. I'm going to go with the Browns on this one, but the Chargers are coming in hot off of two wins. So you're an LA girl and you're going against with Cleveland. What? No way. I know. I know. Right. I like the Browns. I like, I literally, I, you know what I mean? No, like you said, it's ball. funny. You made a ref. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoy watching them play too. Like when they're on and smooth, but mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know that Chargers defense. What I watched last night, like in person was insane. And I definitely know they're going to give Baker a run for their money. So uh, who do I go with? Oh, man, I might pick the Chargers on this one. All right, guys, don't so wanna... don't forget, <laughs> follow Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Cash on IG. Uh, you also got TikTok, right, Lindsay? You're on TikTok, too? Uh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as much as I should be, but, but I'm Follow Lindsay on TikTok and IG. Um, she's got really cool stuff going on here, especially with the NFL season. Um, so you can dive into her every week, uh, just like we do, and fan, uh, see what she's going to pick and – what the outcomes are um, in terms of the game. So uh, this week uh, uh, you're posting it, what, Thursday night or Wednesday night? When, when do you usually post your NFL stuff, like the day before? So I usually do it like three times. So Thursday night I'll do it like 
two hours before game time. And then okay. Sunday, I need to get better. I need to start recording that the day before. But Sunday morning, I usually at least put up my afternoon picks and then my um, Sunday night football picks. And then Monday, I'll do separate. So, yeah, Thursday, right. Sunday morning, and Monday are my main posting days for those picks. And, yeah, I'm excited for the journey and just to see how all my analysts and stuff just kind of elevate as I get more comfortable with talking about it. <laughs> so, uh, Lindsay, uh, you getting any comments back? Like, crazy that you picked this? Crazy? Do you even pay attention to the comments? <laughs> um, no, I definitely – I love the comments. I always be trying to reply to everybody. I think it's fun to talk to people. Uh, yeah, sometimes people will be like, they'll, like, tell me, like, how many I got right out of wrong. You know what I mean? Or uh, they'll make fun of the jersey that I'm wearing and put a bunch of puke emojis because they hate, like, whatever jersey I have on for that day. <laughs> and I keep trying to tell them, it's not about the name in the front. It's the name on the back while I'm wearing the jersey. So, um, it, yeah, it's pretty fun. And it's fun to see, like, if I accidentally go against someone's team during that pick, if they have something to say. Or if I got to eat crow later, you know, they'll come back and remind me. <laughs> Well, my lady crows, I do that all the time on this podcast, so I have to just oh. fess up to the fact that maybe I didn't make the right call. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you just have to fess I'll... up and do it. Yeah, we'll get um, better. <laughs> so it's been fun. I hope you've had fun. Uh, it's kind of bar oh talk gosh, for yeah. us here on the podcast. And uh, we uh, really wanted to bring you on because we've got a lot of fans that uh, obviously follow you on the wrestling circuit as well as they're following you, obviously, with, with the X-League. So I'd really appreciate if you maybe come back in January or February, kind of give us the lowdown in terms of what the roster is going to look like for the X-League Black Storm. Uh, kind of give us an idea of, you know, what the season, inaugural season is going to look like for, you know, the league itself. And, uh, yeah, no, So, but I, I hope you had a good time with us and uh, really appreciate you giving us all the insights on the league, yourself, and the NFL this weekend. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate the support. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. Like I said, I love talking football and wrestling. Um, and I thank you guys because I love your page. I love how you guys promote all levels of, like, women's football, and I think that's super cool. And something like this is going to continue to grow as women's sports grow. So thank you. I would definitely love to come back and kind of be your person of contact and give you all the insights as far as, you know, what's going on with the league leading up to game day because I think that will definitely be more exciting and I have a wrestling show in Santa Ana. I'll post a flyer on my page if anybody's out that way and wants to show up. But thank you for the support, and I can't wait to come back. All right. Uh, so if you guys are in Santa Ana, go check out your girl. She's a badass on the mic and also a badass <laughs> in the square circle. So check her out. Um, and go to IG, Lindsay Cash. Go to TikTok, Lindsay Cash. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you uh, probably, like I said, in – 2022 as uh, um, you know, a couple months before the league kicks off, so that way we get a real perspective of what's going to happen in terms of the new season. But uh, thank you again for coming in. Really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Have a good night. Talk to you soon. Have a good run. Thanks. Bye, everyone. <laughs> All right, guys. That was uh, the Lindsay Cash. Uh, you can uh, follow her on IG, on TikTok. Uh, it's really, really interesting, and she's got NFL Insights. Uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. So we want to bring her on because, uh, you know, she's in the know and she's really awesome. So check it out, IG, Lindsay Cash, and uh, you get involved with her in terms of her wrestling career, the lowdown on what's happening in X-League. So really, really big fans of her we are. So thanks uh, for her to make the time to us today. So let's uh, continue into the second hour of the Blitz. Don't forget to subscribe on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple you can also find us on globalwomensportsradio.com at the podcast tab. And don't forget to go to our shop 
at zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Get the, everything that's happening there. If you forget, go to the hub at facebook.com, go to the shop now tab, and you get up to 25% off daily at zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties at the No Joke Football Shop. Oh, well, let's bring in the Terry Lister, Coach Terry Lister uh, of the TL podcast, TL Talks podcast. So, uh, Terry, what's going on today? How you doing? Thanks for having me back on, Oscar. Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm um, I'm feeling good. The Browns won this week. It was really ugly in Minnesota, but I guess a win is a win, even though Baker played horribly. But uh, all things considered, life is good. No, I, I it was. A, I think it was. Uh, they get to go up against. Uh, just talking to Lindsay right now before I send her off. Uh, they're going up against the Chargers. So. Uh, Pretty interesting matchup, uh, Cleveland against the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm worried about it, but I'm definitely nervous. Um, Chargers are obviously a very good team. Um, you know, Herbert's very good. Eckler is dynamic. They have some good receivers. Jared Cook's a good tight end. So we just watched them on Monday Night Football, so it's all fresh in my mind. Um, and I noticed that their defense hits really hard. So, you know, saying some prayers for the. The ACL joints on the Browns team and just hoping for the best. But I'm looking forward to it. It should be a really good game. Two, in my opinion, two AFC playoff teams. So can't wait. Yeah, I know. Um, it should be an interesting matchup. I'm kind of waiting for, to see what this LA Rams Seattle game uh, Thursday night is going to look like for me because I'm kind of worried now that uh, they've always been, they've always played us tough and we look pretty flat against Arizona. So, uh, kind of interesting to see how the Rams, are, uh, you know, show out against Seattle. Yeah, the division games are always tough, right, because you know each other so well. And, um, you know, the Rams have kind of a letdown against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are the only undefeated team in the NFL. So it's not like you lost to a bad team. It's just the Cardinals had a really good game plan, and Kyler Murray is just really hard, <laughs> hard to deal with. So, you know, when he, can, when he converts those couple longs um, or third and longs, I mean, it's just so deflating for a defense. So um, they're the only remaining undefeated team in the NFL, so there's no shame in losing to them. But you guys definitely need to, ba- uh, you know, to bounce back against against Seattle, so hopefully you do. Right. Um, and let's talk about Cardinals since we're in that. Do you feel like they're for real at this, Terry? Do you, if they're going against a wounded, battle-damaged San Francisco with Jimmy G probably not – they're not confident with Jimmy G anymore, so – they're probably going to throw in the, the rookie in there, but uh, I just sense that if they played so well against the Rams, San Francisco is going to get just beat down. Yeah. Well, that's another – it's tough to say because, once again, it's a, it's a divisional game, right? So, divisional games are usually close games. Um, I mean, not not always, but usually they play each other pretty pretty closely. I don't think the Niners have a bad team. So I do think they can make it competitive, but I would give um, the Cardinals the edge. The Cardinals are just really hot. Kyler Murray is playing at MVP level. And, um, you know, I think if the Niners maybe were a little bit healthier, it would be maybe a little bit harder to pick. But since they're not healthy, you know, since Jimmy G probably will be out, they'll have to start the rookie. I think the rookie has a chance of having a bright future, but I don't, I don't think that he's um, ready to, you know, battle a team – that's established as the Cardinals is right now and as hot as they are. Um, when I was watching the the, uh, the replays, the highlights from Sunday, I remember they showed a highlight of Debo Samuel having a long touchdown. And um, obviously it was thrown by Trey Lance, you know, because Jimmy G was out. 
And I remember watching the pass, and <laughs> it was like Debo was all by himself on the sideline. Um, Trey Lance threw, threw him the ball, and he caught the ball. Like he had, to, he had to stand there and wait for the ball to get to him. And then he was so open, he was able to run for a touchdown after he caught it. So it's like I don't know how you, I, I don't know how you have broken coverage that bad. Um, yep. So the good, the, the good news is a touchdown, but the bad news is, you know, why did Trey Lance like take that long and throw it that way? You know, what I mean, for him to be standing there just kind of idle for about five seconds. So I think I don't know. I, I, I'm not convinced that Trey Lance is ready to beat a team like the Cardinals, in my opinion. Sure. And then you know, given his uh, also his uh, college football history, you know, his resume mm-hmm. in college football. There's a lot of questionable things there too in terms of why Shanahan took him. You know, there was a lot of other right. quarterbacks to be taken, but he was just firm on him for some reason. So there yeah. you go. Um, Terry, what do you say of this the Urban Meyer thing? Uh, all co- college coaches have always been kind of a crapshoot when they come to the NFL. I mean, besides mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson, nobody else has really been that successful at all. Uh, even mm-hmm. Sabian in Miami. So uh, yeah. I, I don't know if there's anything you know. I don't know what you want to say about Urban Meyer, but uh, apparently, you know, this whole situation was something that he should have avoided. But in reality, I mean, we're all human, I guess. You're going to make some mistakes in some senses. So uh, it's just, I think it's just, you know, the Internet sometimes has a tendency to just light a match so so fast that they don't take anything (laughs) into context. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm kind of a tough person to ask that question to because, I think I have a little bit of bias towards Urban. Um, Urban Meyer is actually from the same town in Ohio that I'm from. So we're both from Asheville, really? Ohio. Yep. And so um, I'm a big fan of his. You know, I, he did an awesome job at Ohio State, which that's my college team. And um, I'm just a big fan of his in general. I think that there's some, some criticisms of Urban. You know, people will say that he, you know, kind of like did things to avoid um, getting in trouble or he kind of pawned off some health concerns to um, get out of some situations. I mean, I think the guy has more integrity than that, but I don't blame people for saying those things, right? Because it does seem like yeah. um, convenient timing <laughs> for him to uh, well, you know, leave the, Florida. Well, the one thing that always hits me is sources say, right? So like Mike right. Silver is a big guy and I respect the guy all, you know, most of the time, but, Sometimes he's just so vague that, you know, he doesn't relay his sources. So it's like, okay, yeah. well, a player told me, and that that's like, you know, hearsay in a lot of ways. But to me, it's not so much credible in that sense. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, you don't know the yeah. situation until something really is disclosed or until the coach comes out and says, you know, this is publicly what I what I should not have done. So I mm-hmm. guess, uh, you know, if you think about it, uh, we're highly skeptical of, what happened in the situation. It doesn't do well for the Jaguars. Their history always has a pro- – they have a coaching problem or a turnover every season, and I don't even think the owner mm-hmm. cares because he's making so much money with the NFL. I don't even think he cares. <laughs> well, it's hard to say. Maybe he does or doesn't, but I don't know. I guess it's, it's tough because I am a little bit biased towards Urban. I think that he's a good man. I think that he has integrity. Um, I think he's a good football coach. He's, he's, a, he's a natural leader of men. Whether or not he's more suited to lead young men as opposed to older men remains to be seen. Um, I don't really take much away from them being 0-4 um, because, you know, he inherited the worst team in the league. You know, they had the number one pick. They got Trevor Lawrence, and they haven't – it's not like they've been blown out in every game. They, they were competitive 
in at least one game, if not two. So I think, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and uh, the Jaguars, you know, to be fair to him, if you have a new coach with, with a team that has the first pick, realistically, how long should it take, you know, to turn that around? And in my opinion, I think the answer is probably two or three years minimum, right, to, to you know, get a draft class in, to get the right people in, to kind of like install, kind of put your, you know, your fingerprint on, on the uh, franchise as far as how things are going to be and what the standard is. And so I, I think to, uh, like you said, the media is going to blow up stuff that's negative, unfortunately, and they're going to be hypercritical. That's what they do. Um, but I think that he deserves, you know, some time to make or break himself. And so I think it's a little bit too soon to <laughs> be writing Urban Meyer off, just, you know, just because they're old for. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what do you do? Like I said, at some point, it's somewhat inexcusable, you know. But mm-hmm. like, if you're a personality or a big coach, I, I really think mm-hmm. you 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 have to understand that you're under the microscope, especially now that you're in yeah. the NFL. If you're in yeah. the NFL, like somebody always looking for something, right? Just to put some yeah. sort of bad black eye or light on it. So I really mm-hmm. think he he needs to understand that, you know. He he needs to understand now that he's basically under a microscope even more so than when he was in college, you know? Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I mean, as far as speaking to the the recent news, you know, of him being at a club and um, there's a video of, you know, him dancing with with females and whatever, whatever happened. Um, Like you said, the media blows things up. They sometimes blow things out of proportion. Um, Was he wrong for doing that? Yeah, he was wrong because, he, you know, he felt the need to apologize to his family and his team afterwards. If he wasn't mm-hmm. wrong, there would be no reason to apologize. But, um, but right. you know, do I think that it's like something unforgivable, or, or that like, you know, he, his wife should divorce him and it should be something huge thing? No, I don't. You know, I think it was a, a small lapse in judgment. Um, like you said, maybe it is just he needs to get adjusted to a bigger microscope with being in the NFL as opposed to college. And I think he, you know he's the type of guy that would learn from that. And so I have no concerns about, I don't think Urban Meyer is some, you know, um, crazy guy that's making mistakes all the time and needs to stay away from the cameras. I think that, you know, it was just bad, <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. He put himself in a bad situation and he'll definitely learn from it. That's the same thing he would say. For yeah, I, I, I really think that that's one of the things that a lot of the coaches from the college scenes come up and they don't realize that, you know, you are, in this multi-million dollar scope of things and people, yeah. you know, have a tendency to try to put a, a pin something on you all the time. You know what I mean? Your yeah. words, uh, the mm. skew words, uh, obviously, you know, they're going to skew some sort of action as well. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. a cesspool as uh, my neighbor would say. <laughs> That's why he's not on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, the good old, good old media. Yep. Yeah. That's what he says. I don't do my thing. So it's like, okay. So I, I respect that, <laughs> but, uh, Urban Meyer basically uh, obviously has to earn the trust of the team and, uh, you know, the ownership and making sure that he doesn't make those kind of mistakes again, you know, in some down yeah, the road I, or I'm something. Yeah, I'm confident he will. I'm confident yeah. he will. I mean, there's and been... The only way to fix this, Terry, is for him yeah. to just take the Jaguars, what, to the next level, right, which they haven't been in a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, he's always been a kind of a straight-up guy that is no-nonsense, and um, I think he's a man of integrity, so – you know, if he, I think he's remorseful about what happened. I don't, I don't think that it should be blown up more than it is. 
And I, I, th- I feel very strongly that we won't see anything like that um, anytime soon. So if he, I mean, I, I don't, who knows what the future holds, right? But I, I just don't think unless he's has dementia or something um, that he's going to have another lapse of judgment. I think he, he learned his lesson for sure. It's my opinion. All right. We're going to go into the uh, women's game. We're going to talk about a little bit about uh, what's happening overseas and what to expect mm-hmm. in the next uh, two months uh, in terms of Mexico. Uh, Mexico's back in the full swing. Uh, Lexfa, LaFi, um, FX Mexico in the swing of things. WFL on the X League side of style of play. Um, so we'll go into that. Into, if you uh, missed anything or don't know what we're talking about, uh, I don't know where you've been, you know, uh, but uh, you need to be at the hub at facebook.com forward slash square down beauties. That's the best network on the planet. It gives you all the lowdown of what's happening in the women's game. So head over to the, the facebook.com. Uh, forward slash square down beauties get your nfl fix your college football insights plus fantasy football tips and insights so don't forget to go to facebook.com forward slash square down beauties at the hub all right terry we stress the hub all the time but there's still people not going to the hub so we'll figure it out <laughs> i understand all you can do is tell them all right um so terry we're, go- we're gonna go to uh sweden what an amazing uh finish in uh, the sweden women's super series final uh, Carl Steck Crusaders, 14-0 against Orbro. Uh, Mark talked about it last week about how Orbro, uh, you know, started off the last two weeks not so good, but now they did put up a fight here. This is their second final loss against Karlstad. Last year they lost 28-0, so second shutout in the finals for Orbro. So not really mm-hmm. hot, but uh, congratulations to Karlstad. They win four championships. This is the fourth consecutive championship in a row, so pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, that's dominance. I mean, especially having a shutout in the championship, I mean, can't ask for much more. It's impressive. So if you guys missed it, uh, the Finnish uh, Finnish Mafia uh, in full display with Carlstadt Crusaders, uh, uh, um, Janika Nikander out there in company, uh, and also uh, our own Gabby Knobs uh, from the U.K. as well playing on Carlstadt. So check it out. Uh, The link is right there at the hub via Vimeo. So you can check it out and watch it on Vimeo, full game on Vimeo, 14-0. Congratulations to the Karlstad uh, Crusaders, 14-0. They're four-time uh, Swedish national champions, so re- really awesome. And then the Division I uh, final was Stockholm, 20-6 over Gothenburg. Uh, a lot of fans uh, were uh, sending us messages about where Copenhagen was. So the clarity is Copenhagen uh, cannot uh, compete in the finals. They can compete in season. Uh, because they're not from the uh, Sweden uh, realm of things. So they can uh, compete during season, but they cannot compete for a final. That's, the, uh, I guess, the rules in Sweden, which I think is a bummer. But anyways, uh, so Gothenburg, who would finish second or below the Copenhagen, uh, they're the ones that would have to match up against Stockholm. Stockholm was such a great season this year. 20-6, uh, to six, uh, Terry, they take care of business, and they win the championship. Yeah, I mean – I guess the only thing that sticks out to me for, from that um, that news is, like, as a team, <laughs> you know, if I was a coach of that team and they're saying I, could, I can participate in the season but not the championship, you know, like, I don't know about you, Oscar, but I'm, I'm a championship-minded coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. Beef, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you would have had beef at the beginning of the season? You would have had beef at the beginning of the season? Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm, 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 I don't see myself agreeing to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if I don't have a chance to win the whole thing, then what am I doing? But, um, you know, I guess competing in that, at that with, without having that um, access, I guess, is better than nothing. But I'm not sure. Uh, maybe they, have, they, don't, they don't have any other options. Can, do you know if that's true? Well, they don't have a real like, league in Denmark. So I'm assuming yeah. this is more of a traveling team, and they're just trying to hone their skills in one of the best okay. leagues in the Europe League. So, um, you know, yeah, the Swedish so. League and the Swiss Leagues are, are, are pretty top-notch. So I'm assuming that's gotcha. what they're, you know, getting for. So uh, that was part of the agreement. Um, so th- there was no beef coming from uh, Copenhagen because they already know the rules, you know. They already knew what they were yeah. playing for, totally understand yeah. what they were doing. So that's it. So I'm, Stockholm I'm sure. wins. Carlstad wins. Congratulations. If you go to our IG page at Great Iron Beauty on IG, you get to see the whole scope of things right there, including the champion Ravens from the Liga de, um, de Monterrey uh, that won also the championship uh, down south in Monterrey, Mexico. So three champions uh, right there in front of our gallery. So check it out at Great Iron Beauties on IG at our IG page. So awesome. All right, uh, the NWFL, the National Women's Football League of the United Kingdom. Uh, they're going to have the tournament coming up here uh, in October 9th this weekend. Big tournament weekend all over the UK. Southwest, October 9th uh, at Cardiff. Cardiff, Sandwell, and Potsmouth. October 9th, also Southwest in London. It's going to be Wembley and London. Warriors, two undefeated teams in that tournament. Hershey uh, Fire and Kent. Uh, Central East uh, in Leicester. Leicester, Norwich, and Petersboro, uh, also Central West. It's going to be Man- in Manchester. It's going to be Manchester, Cheshire, and the big-time uh, Birmingham Lions, also Leeds. And then also Northern Conference, uh, Edinburgh, East Kilbride, and Teesside. Uh, so big weekend right there in the U.K., um, just a couple weeks left in the season. Um, this is a huge uh, venue uh, that they took on. So, they, Terry, what they did is, Normally, we'd have a nationwide type of uh, event where every team travels to another team. But because of COVID, uh, the league decided to make it a regional-based tournament type. So we're having basically Mm. tournaments at certain sites, and they're playing, you know, Mm. like it's kind of like a round-robin where they're playing like two back-to-back games. Each squad is playing back-to-back games. Um, So this is a 9-9-9 format instead of 11s. Okay. Yeah, I mean – the thing that stuck out to me from that summary was the two undefeated teams. Whenever you have two undefeated teams going into a tournament, that's always exciting, in my opinion, because first of all, you have to see if any of them get knocked out before they get to the dance. And then if not, having two undefeated teams in the final is, is not much better than that. So that's pretty cool. So we got a big a big event in London because that's where Wembley uh, versus London Warriors, that's going to be the event right there. So we got everything uh, set up for you. We got our network contacts as well. They're going to be sending us still photos. Uh, we should be getting a couple videos of maybe a full game or two of them. So we'll keep tabs on that. Uh, NWFL action, a big weekend, October 9th. Uh, I know we have all these fans in Europe that listen to the podcast. So shout out to all the girls out there in UK. Just going to be balling out October 9th. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, the other action happened in the Czech Republic. Uh, with two weeks left in the season, uh, it happened on September 26th. Brno, 66-34, taking down the Warsaw Sirens. This coming weekend, uh, the 9th and the 10th, 2-1 Prague Harpies taking on 2-1 Brno Amazons. 
So, Terry, uh, this is a uh, kind of like who's going to stand out. Uh, Berno has owned this league for the last four years as champion. So, uh, Prague, uh, pretty good uh, week, uh, what, two weeks in a row, very impressive uh, wins. So, two and one, uh, they would love to take down Berno. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if, they're, if they've been the, uh, the, kings, the kings of the league for several years now, you know, it's kind of one of those things like heavy lies the lies the crown. You know what I mean? If if you've been on top for a while, like the Boston Renegades, for example, everybody's looking to knock you off. So you're always getting everybody's best shot, which is a, a gift and a curse. So, yeah, really, really exciting matchup. Harpies against Amazons. Uh, we should have it on, I believe, on Fox Agency. So I, I will confirm that. And then if we do, we will have the links as well. Fox Agency is our network partner in the Czech Republic that covers the Brno Amazons exclusively. So shout-out to Fox Agency out in the Czech Republic. Uh, Warsaw Sirens, 0-3, Terry. Uh, nothing feel good for the whole season. Going up against the uh, Prague Black Cats, 2-1. Uh, it would be a, a big win for Warsaw, but they have not played very well. I'm assuming the Cats are probably going to take this one as well. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> all signs are pointing to that for sure. Two and one versus zero and three is pretty easy math, but you know, football isn't played on paper, so you never know. So we'll see. Two weeks left in the um, Czech Republic season. Uh, it's going to be uh, down to the wire between the two teams in Prague and Brno at this point. So one of those is going to try to uh, upseat the champions. Uh, uh, Brno Amazon's going for their fifth consecutive title, so that's mm-hmm. uh, a, a tall task for the Prague teams, right? trying to knock on this champion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you've had sustained excellence like that, which is kind of hard to find, um, you know, there's a reason for it. You know what I mean? So it's probably a mixture of several things, like most things in life, whether it's coaching or the best players or the best scheme or all the above. Um, you know, it's hard to stop that. It's kind of like playing Alabama in, in college. So. Oh, yeah. No, Bernos have been a very good program for a long time, even – from the beginning of its existence, uh, and they're and and they're bare, uh, they get they get credited because uh, a lot of the men's team in the Czech Republic obviously have been playing American football for a long time. So there's a lot of uh, you know fluctuation with the men's coaches helping out the teams. Uh, some some of the teams also play in the uh, in the uh, you know the uh, Europe elite leagues. They also support the teams there as well. So there's a plenty of good coaching going on. So it's a really good league. We've been following it for the last four years. So Berno two and one taking on Prague Harpies two and one, uh, really good clash. We should have like a sit coverage from Fox Agency, and hopefully we'll get to see the live game there as well. Uh, five weeks left in the Queens Football League, and uh, Rottenham nineteen to zero a shutout against uh, Edhoven uh, Valkyries. Uh, that was a really uh, week four matchup there. The other game was canceled. Uh, Amsterdam Cats against Soli Blue Jays that will be rescheduled in November. Uh, we are looking forward to week five as the Hague uh, taking on Am- Amsterdam. So hopefully Amsterdam's up to the task here, given that the week off, and hopefully they'll be taking on, you know, the Hague. And, and the Hague's been playing pretty good ball so far in the last two weeks. Yeah. I have a random question for you. Um, I know you, you cover a lot, a lot of different leagues, obviously. Is there, like, a, is there like parameters around what you cover? You know what I mean? Because you're saying – Nine v nine as opposed to eleven v eleven. Like, is there you know does it go down to five v five or what is you know what I mean? What is the minimum 
as far as uh, we usually stick to an eight on eight, uh, seven on seven, okay. eight on eight, or nine on nine. Traditionally, all the gotcha. all the leagues that we cover are basically nine on nine in terms of the Mexicans, uh, Mexican Mexican leagues usually play arena style eight on eight. Uh, most of the okay. Europe leagues on a lower scale play nine on nines. So it's very gotcha. uh, okay. most of it. Um, the only 11s leagues, uh, there's two in Mexico with Lexfa and Lafay playing exclusively mm-hmm. 11s on 11s now. Uh, there's uh, Gridiron in Gridiron Australia. There's only, I believe, two leagues that are playing 11s. It's uh, West and Queensland. Everybody else is still playing nines because of roster and you know and, and interest in the um, in Sweden and Finland. I believe they they both play 11s as well. And then uh, UK, uh, Germany also plays, I believe, 11s in some aspects also. But uh, most leagues play nine on nine internationally for the most part. Interesting. Okay. Thanks for answering. Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, that's kind of like a build up to the 11s program, uh, and I think it's because. Yeah. In some areas uh, or certain countries, there are just not enough numbers. So a nine mm-hmm. on nine makes more sense to you know to kind of kind of like hone your skills with, Make a, it work. with nine before you yeah. go to eleven. So so that's what normally yeah, happens. Yeah, definitely, make, uh, definitely makes sense based based on numbers. If you can do nine v nine and put competitive games together, then that's mm-hmm. obviously a better. Especially you know if it you need the whole league to to buy into whatever you're doing. So. I mean, depending on numbers and interest, that makes complete sense. So as a media source, uh, Terry, there's no way that there's enough content to cover 11s because 11s kind of is not enough interested. So we made a, 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 dedica- a dedication effort to cover 9s, also as an exciting uh, aspect of it. It's still full kit. It's still everything the same. only difference, obviously, they're not playing 11 man ball. Um, so yeah. it gives us a lot more content, gives us more reach. Uh, it uh, makes exciting uh, moments for everyone in the sport in terms of that. And then once they do build up to an 11 program, obviously it's uh, an achievement in itself. Yeah, I mean, I apologize for not being as well-versed about international um, football. but um, No, you don't need to. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of football in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Um, I love football through and through. So any 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 yeah. form that I can get it, I'm happy. Yeah, no, we we try to uh, like I said, we we cover everything. Uh, we've been covering it for ten years or, or so. But uh, we when we started, we we made a commitment to try to cover as much uh, full kit ball as possible. So there wasn't mm-hmm. enough 11s except for the the North mm-hmm. American swing, which is Canada, North America, and which is the U.S. Mm-hmm. and the rest of it in terms of Mexico and Central America, South America, and, um, you know, overseas, most of it, everybody was playing nine on nine. So we're like, okay, we just got to cover nine on nine. Just no, there's no other way around it. Right. So, and then we did have networking interests and network interest that, you know, came to us and said, Hey, can can you, can you do this? Can you do that? And we're able to go ahead and, you know, build that up and, and let's do it. Um, So it's kind of a great, great achievement. Like for example, in Mexico, it's great achievement. Um, FX Mexico and Lexfall started as eight on eight arena ball in terms of like, mm. you know, five years ago. And then all of a sudden mm. when they put the, um, the bronze winning Mexican national team at the IFAB world championships in 2017, mm. when they, when they elevated the program there and they went to compete and won the bronze, the, uh, the Mexican Federation decided to commit 
to fully having at least uh, one or two leagues nationwide to play 11-11 in the various leagues because they are they're you know they're serious of building up the program to go to the you know the world stage to try to compete on the world stage. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. Like I said, any form of football I'm, I'm in for, so I'm not complaining. Yep. I just don't I don't know a lot, so I'm just learning. No, no, you're good. Um, that's why everybody needs to go to the hub. If you go to the hub, you're right there in the know. So you go to the hub at facebook.com. All right. Um, Germany, let's go into Germany before we go back to the NFL here. Germany, uh, division uh, DBL2, so there was no uh, DBL1, which means uh, no Division 1, basically. Um, there was Division 2. Because of COVID restrictions all over Germany, we were able to have a Division 2 season in only two regions, which is the Southwest and, I believe, the West. So we had some scores coming up. Uh, Bandage uh, 8 loses to Stampers 24. Uh, we had a friendly match this weekend, uh, which was also uh, live-streamed by Hamburg Pioneers TV. Uh, Amazon's 22-6 to 6 over the Canes, called uh, Hurricanes. And uh, so that was a friendly match. It wasn't uh, counting for the league uh, tally. So that was part of Division 1 as well. Uh, Sham- Moham Sham- Shamrocks, 24. They take down SGSW, uh, 24-14 out in the West region. Um, so the next game is October 10th, this coming weekend. It will be Sarlon Hurricanes taking on Manham Bandit Nest. It will be the last uh, week of the season, and then we will see where, um, you know, the, the playoffs format is going to be in terms of the um, matchups in Germany at this point. So uh, Atchen um, uh, took, took down uh, Molchenhanglad uh, uh, Wolfpacks. That was, uh, I think, week a week ago. We finally got some video of it. It's right there at the hub. You get to watch the full game right there. 48-0 to zero was the um, the win uh, of two undefeated 3-0 and teams, uh, one of them obviously better than the other. So there is the result there. So um, you can watch the full game right there. Uh, the Vampires routing the Wolfpack right there live in front and center at the at the hub at facebook.com forward slash square beauties. All right, uh, Terry, international news uh, in our uh, neck of the woods. The WFA introduced uh, the International Bowl that will be added to the WFA Championship Weekend in 2022 that will include a all-world European team type mentality and obviously a WFA All-Star team. So pretty interesting to have it in Canton. Yeah, yeah. I had heard something about that. I didn't know the details. Um, That sounds interesting. So are they saying it would be teams that are part of the WFA or just like a, a like a general European team, like list random players from European like leagues that come over to play one game, you know? Uh, so my understanding is um, it would be players in the European scene that are part of the WFA international. Um, gotcha. International scope. So if they're part of the okay. international school and they're working with the WFA exclusively, as an example, they're giving first yeah. opportunity to come to Canton to field an all-world team. Um, it's kind of like what they do in soccer, kind of the same concept, yeah. where you have a world soccer you know, team versus up a, a, a state team, as an example. So this would be like mm-hmm. you know, a uh, WFA All-Stars taking on basically an all-world team combined. They also announced that, that they were going to do – Team, w, uh, team, team WFA uh, doing a traveling 
to different countries as well to face up other teams as well. So uh, interesting to see how they're going. And they added Poland to the list as a committed, uh, you know, for them to commit it to Poland to try to get that program up and running as well. So it looks like mm-hmm. uh, the the Kings are working on, you know, broadening the brand overseas, uh, also supporting mm-hmm. the sport as a whole. So, it's, it's you know, that's a positive all the way around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, definitely. I mean, the more the more you're working inter- internationally um, for the betterment of the sport to include people and um, have them attach to your league, that's obviously a good look. Um, I guess my only question for that games I'm talking about with the all-world versus – WFA is if they have let's say, let's say hypothetically they have like three or four teams that that are international teams that are like affiliated with the WFA and or well let's say there's three from Europe so if all three of them were to participate I feel like there's a high probability they would all speak different languages is that a fair assumption Yeah so my understanding is uh the international travel team consisting of players from across the globe as well as a yeah. WFA, WFA players who have had citizenship in countries other than the U.S. So I'm assuming there's uh, going to be some sort of, a, a, you know, a, like a, a mixture of players that can communicate and put that yeah. team together. So the goal of Team yeah. World is to provide international players the following opportunities. Uh, from the WFA website, it says international competitions against Team United, which is the WFA's uh, version of the all, Team All-Stars in different host countries. Mm-hmm participate as player coaches in the WFA International Clinics in countries developing women's tackle football, compete in the WFA International Bowl at the Hall of Fame Village in Canton during the championship weekend of July of 2022. Uh, Player Mm -hmm. exchange owners, coaches from the WFA teams looking for international players to show their skills on the gridiron during the WFA International Bowl. Uh, Players with citizens in any country other than the U.S. who are interested in joining Team World can participate on Team World. So the uh, two events that are coming up that have already been confirmed, obviously, is the International Bowl at the Championship Weekend. And then the other mm-hmm. one is a Team World versus Team United that w- is scheduled for Columbia in January of 2023. So it's far out from, from now. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's a great idea. I, def- I definitely am a fan of adder- adding more international teams um, to link up with the American leagues that we have. I guess my only concern with the, the, the game you talked about where it would be like a Team Europe versus Team USA is if you have p- players from different countries that speak d- different languages, um, that's a big ask, right? It's a big ask to get them to, to the United States to play the game uh, as far as financially, but it's also a big ask to get them to be able to communicate effectively to try to win a game. So I guess <laughs> it kind of depends on what your goal is, right? Is your goal just to put a, a team called this versus a team called this, or is your, is your goal to play a competitive game? Um, but as it stands, if, if, those are, if I'm understanding those details correctly, uh, Team USA would have a huge advantage of all speaking the same oh, language. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I really think it's my... more like the, the experience that they're probably trying yeah. to look for, and then at that point yeah. uh, it's going to be a, you know, a maturity issue where if you can get yeah. certain players that play on the first Team World team maybe return every year, just makes it more interesting to, to have it that way. I, got you. Uh, I, I think got it's you. more of a spectacle, <laughs> more yeah. of a spectacle for the sport and to kind of put it together in, in a way where it's like it shows that the uh, – I think the WFA's message is uh, that the game is played worldwide. 
So if fans yeah. in Canton don't realize it, you know, then they're, they're, they don't realize it. Obviously, it is a worldwide sport. Uh, it's not yeah. just in the States in general. So, uh, so shout out to That's the Women's really Football Alliance. Uh, for their commitment going international at this point. And we talked to uh, Wynn Dominey uh, a while back, and she was saying how Jeff King was working on putting together that international branch uh, to help out other countries. So check it out. Poland is added on there. Go to WFAProFootball.com. You get the insights there, or you can go right there to the hub there. The link to the page is right there to get all the breakdown and, and what we just read on you. So Check it out, WFAProFootball.com. Also, while we're at it, um, we have tryouts coming up here, October 16th, nationwide, WFAProFootball.com. Uh, Get all the details right there, and you can see what teams is locally to you, so you can try out as well. The WNFC tryouts, I believe, were a success from what I hear, so we will find out. A couple other teams, from what I'm told, will have additional tryouts, depending on their needs. Some teams, obviously, uh, are bigger uh, rostered already, so they're probably not going to have maybe no more than one or two between now and December. But uh, mm-hmm. depending on the team need, most some teams are going to have a couple more, maybe once a month. But uh, nationally, uh, October 16th is the WFA Pro Football tryouts. So, yeah, yeah, I can't speak on other teams. I saw some stuff on social media, you know, with the um, Texas Elite Spartans, Utah Falcons. Um, Phoenix Prowlers, I think I saw a little, um, the L.A. team. I think they, they rebranded themselves. They have a different name now. But um, I can't speak on theirs. It, it seems like their, their tryouts went well. I mean, they posted um, some cool videos and stuff and, and good coverage. I can speak on the Denver Bandits because I was there, um, and I was very encouraged. I know I'm going to sound biased because they're my team, um, but we had some some really like awesome talent at the tryout, and there was – um, I'm not going to say names for obvious reasons, but uh, there was three players from the um, Las Cruces team at our tryout. There was one player from – well, she actually played for St. Louis, Kansas City, and the um, Phoenix team from the WSA. She's, been, she's played with some good teams. And, um, yeah, there was just uh, a handful of players that were really impressive for the tryout, so I – and they'll be able to make impacts immediately, which is really exciting to see. So that's always a bonus, it. coach. It's always a bonus, coach, when you can bring in somebody that you can just literally somewhat plug in. It makes it so much yeah, easier. Yeah, plug and play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah if you play. have a starter from another team, you know, there's there's no assumption that they're going to be better than your starter. But you know, if they at least have that experience, it's a great you know, great place to start. They're not they're not new to football. You know what I mean? They've, they've at least they played you know extensively, and so. It's just it's great to have that as a as a baseline. Yeah, and it's it's always nice to have some experienced uh, players, right? That they can actually help coach as well. So it makes it nice exactly. to have the tick under their wing and stuff like that. Okay, uh, FX Mexico October seventeenth will be their kickoff. La Alexpa will be in a couple weeks as well, and then uh, we're gonna have obviously La Fai uh, week one. Get the details right there. We got an update already for some of the LaFi games. We'll get you updated right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. If you enjoy listening to Terry, myself, the Mac, the Salty One, Nate Ward, uh, <laughs> obviously Mark Simone, and if you enjoy our, our interviews that we do in the first hour. So thank you, everybody, for subscribing and uh, doing your part to help us grow the message and bring attention to the sport. Really, really appreciate it. So check it out. You can subscribe on Apple, which is our main, our main plug. 
and then uh, obviously on iHeart and Spotify. But you can subscribe on any of your favorite platforms as well, right here on Block Talk as well. So thanks for subscribing. Really, really appreciate it. Um, so, Terry, let's walk into the uh, NFL realms of things here. All right, let's go Sunday. Uh, let's go Monday night, uh, Indianapolis against Baltimore. What do you see there? Colts versus Baltimore. Yeah, so that's an easy pick for me. Um, as a Browns fan, it drives me crazy that the Ravens are a good team when, when they have freaking 16 guys on IR. Um, but it's reality. You know, I'm, not, I'm a realist. I, I'm not delusional. And, um, you know, the Ravens are a good team. They're coached well. They have Lamar Jackson, which is a huge advantage. And um, so they're a good team. Uh, the Colts, I'm not so sold on. I mean, they just seem messy to me. Um, they have potential to, to, you know, win some games and make some noise. But uh, from what I've seen so far, they, they just aren't able to put complete games together. And you're going to need to do that versus the Ravens. So I think it's a pretty easy pick, Ravens. All right. Two one, Cowboys. How about them Cowboys in the house? <laughs> two weeks, two weeks in a row, and Oscar salty. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How y'all doing tonight? What's up? What's up, man? Lamar Jackson. You know, let, let's just let's see. I mean, I gotta go with Coach Sherry on this one. You know, it, it's gonna have to go be the Ravens at this point. I just, and I'll just to piggyback off of what Coach Terry said, it's you, you gotta put a, a complete game together. And I don't think Indianapolis has done that quite yet. While there's, you know, there's bits and pieces and glimpses, like they just haven't been able to do it yet. I mean, and that and Carson Wentz is. I think this is his first game back from injury, second game back from, from injury, if my memory serves me correctly. So, you know, you, you, you got to be able to put it all together and not just, you know, put one game, not just put a game together on one side of the ball. It's got to be all sides. And, like, they just got to show consistency, especially when you're playing somebody as high-powered as the Baltimore Ravens. It's it's going it, to – it really shouldn't be a rubber match. It should really, like, the Ravens should really just take over, I'd say, after – halfway through the second quarter. All right. Let's get a Holly's take on uh, this past weekend, and then we'll go into week five afterwards. Here are the most interesting results from the NFL in week three. Cowboys 36, Panthers 28. Sam Darnold throws for 301 yards and two touchdowns, but it was his interceptions that cost him and the Panthers. The Cowboys were also able to control the game through the ground with 245 rushing yards. How will the Panthers respond now that they're coming back to earth? Chiefs 42, Eagles 30. The Chiefs bounce back. Mahomes throws for five touchdowns, and Edwards Allaire ran for 102 yards. The Eagles' inability to get into the end zone in a couple of spots put them behind the eight ball, which you cannot do against the Chiefs. Cardinals 37, Rams 20. Statement win for the Cardinals. We can start believing in them now. After four weeks, they're the only NFC West Division team left standing undefeated. Murray is now in the MVP race. He threw for 268 yards and two touchdowns and ran for another 39 yards. Chase Evans also ran for another 120 yards. The Rams didn't play terribly, but turnovers really put them in a hole. Seahawks 28, 49ers 21. I told you this game would be wild. 
For the first 25-ish minutes, the Niners had outgained the Seahawks 221 yards to negative eight, but ended the first half somehow still in the tie, seven to seven. The Niners had the unfortunate luck to have their kicker Robbie Gold hurt himself pregame, so their punter had to do all the kicking duties and a place kicker he has not. At halftime, it was announced that Jimmy G had hurt his calf and Trey Lance would start. He was a little nervous early, and then the Niners punted. The Seahawks got momentum and scored. Then on the ensuing kickoff, the Niners muffed it, and the Seahawks got it again. They scored a couple plays later, and just like that, it's 21-7 with their rookie quarterback making his first real snaps in the league. To Trey's credit, after his first couple of series, he calmed down and ended up with 157 yards passing, two touchdowns, and 41 yards rushing. He is raw, but boy is he electric. At this point, the Niners have several weaknesses that have been exposed. If Jimmy G cannot go for a bit, this might be the official changing of the guard. The Seahawks, on the other hand, were just happy to get the win on the road, as they also have several weaknesses. But when you have Russell Wilson, you always have a chance to win. Tampa Bay 19, Patriots 17. This was a classic game. The rain going sideways only made it more dramatic. Brady and the Bucks had some issues throwing in the rain, which kept the Patriots in it. Mac, played, Mac Jones played well, but most of his passes were short. A bigger problem for the Patriots is they only had negative one yards rushing. The Bucks, on the other hand, had 119 yards rushing, which in my opinion is the key to their success. A good run game for Tampa means the play-action game is that much more effective. Chargers 28, Raiders 14. Here come the Chargers. A lightning storm couldn't stop them from coming out hot on Monday Night Football. Justin Herbert ended up with 222 yards passing and three touchdowns. Eckler had 117 rushing yards and one touchdown and also had an additional receiving touchdown. The Chargers defense was flying around and making Carr move off his spot early. The Raiders played better in the third, but the Chargers were able to hold them off. This is a huge confidence boost for the Chargers with back-to-back division wins. All right, uh, so let's uh, get uh, Holly's take for week five, and then we'll finish up there uh, before we get out of here. So let's go there. Here are my top matchups to watch for in week four of the NFL. Rams at Seahawks. This is a huge, huge division game. Both teams are trying to keep pace in the NFC West division. Stafford has been on fire, and the Seahawks, although not perfect, still have a lot of talent. Bears at Raiders. Justin Fields bounced back last week with a solid win. The Raiders have started strong this year. If the Bears want to contend for a playoff spot, they have to get this win. Can they protect Fields enough to get the points needed to beat the Raiders is the question. Browns at Chargers. This could be a future playoff matchup. Both teams are playing very well. Herbert versus the Browns' the front will be fun to watch. He makes smart and quick decisions, which is very important in beating an aggressive front. If Eckler can get going like he did last week, this will also help counter that pressure as well. 49ers at Cardinals. Could this be the first start in the Trey Lance era? The 49ers are struggling, but a win at Red Hot Arizona could go far in helping their confidence. A win for Arizona, on the other hand, puts distance between them and the other divisional foes. Bills at Chiefs. This is a must-win for the Chiefs. They cannot afford to fall back under 500 with a loss here. They can throw everywhere, but turnovers have been an issue. Meanwhile, the Bills have played very well since their opening weekend loss. This should be a shootout since the Chiefs cannot stop anyone on defense. All right, guys, we've got about nine minutes to finish up here. So, uh, Mac, uh, do you agree with her? Uh, 
Las Vegas should get this quick win against Chicago? You know, I have to, but I also have to think of my player mindset. You know, Coach Lister knows I'm one for underdogs. I love being underdog any day of the week. I put my money on underdogs. I really will. That's just how I be. You know, I just that's how I be. But for whatever reason, I I just can't pick the Bears this week. I really can't, which kind of hurts my feelings because I'm like, damn, you know, the Bears, you know, I feel like if I pick the Bears, it's going to be a better game. But realistically, they're just they're kind of in the same spot as the Colts are. You know, they just can't seem to put a you know can't seem to put an entire game together across the you know across all sides of the ball. Yeah. Montgomery went I down mean, too, so that's point, a Exactly. All right, uh, Mac, uh, let's stay with you. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, must win for the Chiefs, or are we seeing a, you know, a real hot Buffalo if they get the win here? That's going to be pretty impressive. I'm taking Bill's Mafia by 10. So am I. I think they have the – what do you think, Bill? Yeah, this is the this is the one that was hard for me to pick. <laughs> I was I was tossing and turning about it, but um, I'm gonna have to go with Bills, only because they already have two shutouts in four games, and that's so hard to do in the NFL. And so I'm just very impressed exactly. by that. So I think that, that playing that dominant of defense, you know, the Chiefs could, could I mean, I don't know, I, the Chiefs could have been like 0 and 3. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if the Browns didn't kind of fumble it away, so. I'm just much more of a believer at the Bills at this point. Yeah, I think Allen and company are really on, on fire right now, and if they take down Kansas City, that's going to be a big statement game, especially in the AFC picture. Um, Derek, we talked about Arizona Frisco. I'm, I'm going with uh, Arizona even though I don't want to. So uh, <laughs> that goes well, for I guess, for Kyler Murray and company. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, uh, and, and Kenzie said this too, the um, – the Cardinals are just really hot. And so, like, San Francisco isn't – well, maybe it was Holly that said it, but San Francisco isn't that healthy. Trey Lance is having his first start. He's a rookie. He has a good future. But is he ready to play the hottest team in the NFL? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I could be wrong. I'd I no. love it if he, if he battled Kyle Murray and it was a shootout, but I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. Uh, Mac, uh, we're going to – throw it to you the Chargers take down Cleveland or are we going to be surprised by the Browns you know Coach Lister about to be mad at me <laughs> he better be mad at me don't do it man don't do it you know as much as I love me some dangerous Baker Mayfield because that man is dangerous I don't know I'm going to lie to you but he's a G. And all the all the all the receiving core, all the all the all the running back core, that old line is stout. That like Cleveland puts together games constantly. But something's telling me Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert is hot right now. I don't know if y'all know this, but like that kid is on fire. Okay. I gotta. So you're taking LA. I gotta take the. I gotta take LA by three. That's it. Okay, LA by three. I don't think Terry's gonna be Justin, offended or anything. <laughs> no, they're a good team. They're a good team. I don't blame you. All right, um, Terry. Let's let's uh, finish up here with two two matchups here that everybody wants to see. Is Cincinnati for real? They're taking on Rogers. Absolutely not. I'm glad you asked, Doctor. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals are not for real. 
their their record of three and one is completely fraudulent and misleading, and that's going to be on display on Sunday against the Packers. All right, uh, Mac is Philly and Philly against Carolina really good matchup. Hurts Donald, it, I think it's more of a statement for Donald. Can he take down Philly? And it, it shows him in better light in Carolina than he was in New York. So I'm taking Carolina technically in this one. You know. Against my better NFT judgment, I'm taking the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. For really? some reason, some tell me that, yeah, for whatever reason, some tell me that Jalen Hurts and that Eagles squad over there is not real happy with with how they've been performing. And some tell me that, like, they're just going to get angry and start playing together. And I also have to say I'm taking Cincinnati against the Green Bay Packers because I always pick against the Green Bay Packers. So go Bengals. <laughs> You're a cheese hater, no matter what. That's what you always tell me. So. Oh, I'm the ultimate All right, cheese hater. I even have a Rams, sweatshirt. Seahawks. Before we get out of here, we got two minutes. Terry, are you taking my Rams or not? I am taking your Rams to bounce back into the Seahawks. Yeah, the Seahawks are a very um, sloppy <laughs> team. Um, that when they win, they that's basically a little bit of luck and a little bit of Russell Wilson. Um, but I think the Rams are a better team. They're, I'd even say a better coach team. They have a better offense, better defense, and they're obviously not happy at all about that Arizona game. So I look, I look at, I look for the Rams to bounce back. Absolutely. Mac, you're taking my Rams, right? You're absolutely damn right, Oscar. I got your Rams by ten. To be completely honest. Yes. Man, I love you more now. <laughs> I know you do, buddy. Conditional love, right there. <laughs> All right, so uh, but I mean, like Coach Lister be... said, they're just they're sloppy, you know. Yeah. The Rams can put together no. a game. No, yeah. right, right, you're right. I mean, it's no, no, it's no. Uh, I mean, the big letdown will be if the Rams don't play up to their potential, you know, just like if they're playing Arizona. So that'll be a big letdown for us if we don't play up to our potential. All right, Mac, uh, who's Dallas playing? Anybody? Dallas is playing the stupid ass Giants. <laughs> Okay, we'll see. It's a, it's a division game. Could have some, you know, Jones and company, they've been playing pretty good. Barkley's kind of coming together again. So we'll see. It's good. It should be a good matchup. Yeah, and, I'm, again, I'm, only, I'm taking Dallas by just six. It's not going to be anything crazy. Um, but I also no, have I'm Dallas, Dallas by three against the Eagles. I have to agree <laughs> with that. Uh, I think their weapons are a little better. Uh, Jones is the only one-man show, and I think Dallas D is really good right now. So. Dallas's defense is surprising the hell out of me. I'm not even going to lie to you right now. Not going to lie. But getting Michael Parsons and Chauncey Golston together and playing on the same speed as everybody else has just been electric for me, and I love it. All right. So, guys, that's it. Uh, Monday night uh, we're going to be looking at it Thursday night and Sunday night. So really good matchups there. Thanks for Lindsay Castor coming in here to give us the lowdown on the X League as well as her career. And we'll be here for 394 going towards uh, episode 400. So don't forget to subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. So for the absent Nate Ward, uh, Mark Simone, for Terry Lister, and Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez here. Catch us next week as we go into 394 of the Blitz. Have a great night, everybody. I'll see you guys. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. 
Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.